I'm trying to fucking live over here. I don't know what you're trying to do. <laughs> I'm trying to get some yeah, oxygen man. into my fucking cancerous lungs, motherfucker. Breath isn't sexy. Yeah. Trying to get some of that shit. Right, well, we talked about this in the last book. Breath isn't sexy. There was a lot of breath. Yeah. Twilight. Dude, I, I, I was telling you this. I was burning out a little bit. This one took me longer to read than the other ones. And I guess it's a little bit longer of a book, but it was mainly just because I'm getting kind of burnt out. I know what you mean. I was feeling burnt out at the beginning of this book, but less at the end. But after reading this, I finally understand the Eclipse novella that she uh, put out, I guess. I don't. The short, I don't. I don't know what you're talking the about. The short second life of Brie Tanner, an, an Eclipse novella. It's like a, a story she put out after she finished the series, I think. Weird. But it's about that little vampire that gets killed by the Volatari at the end, Bree. Volturi. Volturi. The Volturi. Uh, Volturi. We're going to talk about that in Dakota Fanning. <laughs> <laughs> just came off of watching i rewatched war of the worlds oh nice uh, yeah, with yeah. bill and i t he was like God, i remember that being a good movie and i was like yeah i remember liking it i also remember just dakota fanning screaming the whole time and being like is this one necessary like this full throated just you know 12 year old scream yeah i remember that that movie is great for like the first hour Right after the, um, when they're in that guy's basement or whatever, like that's when it starts to get a little stupid. Yeah. After that. But it picks up Tim quick. Tim Robbins. Yeah. But like the first hour is fucking great. Like <laughs> end of the yeah. world story and it's directed great. Yeah. That's why and, I love, yeah. It picks up so quick yeah. at the beginning. There's no like long bullshit. And Dakota Fanning is like what? Like 10 years old in that movie? Is it them? Is it them? When she's like screaming in the back of the car great she's a great actress but of course she was a child actress so she's probably seriously addicted to drugs and has been abused and is like flailing now in adulthood but every role i've seen her do in like wow. her adulthood has been she's been a show stealer like she's speaking of which she was in another movie with Kristen stewart that runaways with michael shannon with about the uh the runaways about like uh that like female like kind of punk group the runaways literally literally joan jett like his first band Anyway, she plays, like, the other girl in that, Dakota Fanning, and Kristen Stort plays Joan Jett, and, like, Dakota Fanning just steals the show from Kristen Stort because she's just a better actress than Kristen Stort. but yeah. That's how I felt about Jacob the whole time, yeah. the whole movie. Like, the movie, I mean, other than the fact that, like, Kristen Stewart is doing that weird... I don't know if it's just, like, this character where, like, she just speaks really slowly... Like, with a lot of pauses, and that's, like, how she delivers every line, and uh, Arpats, you know, he does his, like, I, like, he just seems like he's gonna cry every time he speaks. Yeah. 
And other than that, they just, like, stare at each other. But every time uh, Taylor Lautner came into the picture, I was like, oh, dude, like, this isn't going to work. This isn't going to work. This just ruins, like, any possibility to save this. Yeah, he's a bad actor. Uh, and he's just so dweeb. Yeah. He just has such nerd energy. Right. Well, I mean... He's got, like, a... Tr- like Actors, dude. And he's too short, yeah. like, for the character. I mean, I know I'm being like... Oh, he's not, he doesn't look exactly like he does at the novel. You know? <laughs> I'm not, like, whatever. But, like, the idea is, like, he's, like, huge, right? He, like, doesn't look like a 16, 17-year-old, like... Yeah. He's like ginormous. That's like the one big thing. Like Bella keeps referencing how huge like he is. Six foot seven. And I just cut that out of the movie. Like anything that has to do with him being like remotely intimidating, just gone. Yeah, they do soften up this a little bit. Like they do. The movie softens some of the scenes. Not that they were like hardcore, like graphic scenes or anything in the novel, but the movie does soften some of it and it allows you to have more sympathy for edward and more sympathy for jacob than the book kind of lets you have i don't know if i agree with that i mean i just had trouble like believing the movie you know like it just doesn't it feels too i mean the book is also that way but like at least you have like most of the book is just like characters sort of like who barely have personalities just sort of talking (laughs) so when you cut out most of that like the thing that the movie does well is that it like extracts any moments of action and puts that into a movie except you're also getting rid of like 90 percent of the book that also contains most of the story because again this is stephanie meyer's world and the story is not like the action is not actually central to the story (laughs) dude the action we'll get to this in the novel especially the reason the movie works a little better i think is the novel's action is non-existent we hear of it after the fact we hear a story about it from another character that we don't see even the final battle scene like we don't see it like and the way they show it in the movie is, I'm going to get to that, too, this fucking, like, rugby match. that they like, It's like a rugby match with, like, vampires just blowing people over with shoulders, clotheslining, <laughs> clotheslining vampire. I'm like, what the fuck is this? Like, a rugby game? Is this supposed to be some vampires battle? Like, ripping each other to shreds? And it's like... Yeah, man. It's just Emmett, like, being, playing rugby, like, hitting shoulders in the people. He's so weird looking. Yeah. They're all so weird looking in the movie. Yeah. All right. We should tell people what this is before we get ahead of ourselves. This is Heavy Board. I'm Andrew Wittstadt. And I'm a Mormon now. (laughs) And today we're doing Eclipse by Stephanie Meyer, continuing the Twilight Saga. God damn. Same deal. We both have Little Brown, Little Brown copy, all that good stuff. This one, 2007 was when this one was published. Uh, movie dropped in 2010, so we're going to be talking about both that, Eclipse the novel, and Eclipse the movie. Fuck all that. All right. Novel first, I guess, since we're a book podcast. Uh, what'd you think? Thoughts? Um. Initial reactions? Disgusts? I mean, I'm a fan, you know? (laughs) 
both feet and just jumping in. Yeah, I don't know. I enjoyed it. I thought there was actually a little more action than the um, previous books. A little more love triangle action, finally. You know, generally a good time. Um, poorly written. Yeah. Really loved it. Loved it like I love gossip, you know? Yeah. it's um, It does feel like a little bit different to read it as an adult. But, I mean, you know, for a book that's like kind of a about not having sex until marriage (laughs) like i enjoyed it (laughs) i had fun i had more fun than you would think you would have reading a book that has a lot to do with abstinence abstinence so the literature would would tell me yeah and i guess that's true but dude that's what i mean and we brought this up a little bit last episode and i'm gonna bring it up again pauline kale's essay on trash art when you sent me these articles sophie was sending me these like ridiculous like scholarship articles on twilight like all these fucking phds writing these bullshit theories about this book and because it's about the founding of the mormon thing (laughs) it's also several different commentaries on feminism yeah and this is this is the point pauline kale made in that essay overall is that like if you're going to take something like Twilight and try to force it into an academic frame that we do normal artwork where you're looking for all these different things, you are making a mistake. <laughs> like that is the well, wrong. Also, Cause use. then it's just like, you have to accept that you're like a 20 year old and like you're seriously, <coughs> you're reading Twilight to like extract some kind of what, like some kind of deep meaning which right. I fully believe Steph Meyer could have intended. Yeah, I think, um, you know what, I, I mean, this is good. But I also don't think that the majority of the audience reading this book is going to be like, is going to walk away with some understanding of that. Like, I mean, the age group that's reading this, like, come on. Right. Are they thinking very deeply? Maybe they are thinking very deeply. You know what? I, as an 18-year-old, was not thinking no, very deeply not, yeah. about my um, my femininity. <laughs> but, or, you know, and I, don't, I think I had just learned the term patriarchy. So um, I feel that this has no, had no real bearing on right. my development yeah well that's like in that regard. yeah and i think pauline kale's right about this if it's like if you're trying to force something like this like what we would call trash art or pop art into like this kind of high-minded artistic framework to give like some wild like ex- i would call it speculating about theories and a lot of times it's total fabrication because there's very little textual evidence to support it like you're making a mistake like you're not doing scholarship you are making up bullshit like it's just not and i think she's totally right on that like i mean that's a hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, I think it also makes total sense to like want to get to the bottom of an author's intention and to want to read between the lines, and I think that's all good and fine too. Sure. I just don't think but is that, that any yeah. of those theories, however represented they may be in this book, like actually have much impact on the primary audience. Well, yeah, I mean, almost no theory would really especially for a book this popular or a series of books this popular, like the scholarship is not influencing people's decisions to buy this, but it's like, it, it just, you know, it's, I think it's just a good point that not enough people make, especially when we like grad students write their theses on 
fucking you know themes of the Mormon Church in the eclipse in eclipse or something. It's like, yeah, get the fuck out of here. That is bullshit. We don't want to hear it. I mean, it makes sense. Like, it, they all make sense when you lay them on top of it. Like, y- you could you could apply any of that and be like, oh, this is what Stephanie Meyer was doing. It's like, like, fine. I don't, do I care? Like, do I care when I'm reading right. what does it like, tell this us? teenage romance novel? Does that help me really get in the mood for whatever it is I'm looking for here? No. I don't think yeah. so. Like, I'm not reading this book to be... I mean, ironically, we are talking about it on a podcast. Yeah, but we're not like trying so to you put could, like, but like, this is a feminist icon or something. We're not trying to force it into an academic lens to like write a paper. I just want to say, I accept this with open arms. I accept Twilight <laughs> with open arms. Like, I'm, I don't care. It's not, um, you know, I'm I'm past the shame. I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying it just like I enjoyed Jane Austen book, the Jane Austen book club. Jane Austen um, book club. The Jane Austen book club. I'm sure it was based on a book, but I've only seen the movie. Oh, I've never even heard of that. What is it? Oh, it's about a Jane Austen book club. And I think also maybe a romance of some kind. Like a book club where they just read Jane Austen? Yeah. Book club of people who read Jane Austen. That's all I remember about it. Jesus. And that there was a romance. But specifically, I remember being like very sad and like at home, like in my parents' bed because they were like at work or something. And I was watching it and I was like, I knew that. Like, I knew it was bad. And I was like deeply enjoying it. Uh-huh. I was like, this is what I need. Like, I need it like I need sugar. Yeah. She, uh,. I'll get to this too. We talked about Muse last time. Did you notice the Muse song in the movie? Of course I did. Oh, yeah. oh wait, no. No, no, no. There was a Muse song Muse in the songs. movie. Oh, I didn't. I'll bring it up. It's know. during the graduation party scene. <clears throat> but all right. Oh. I did notice the hip tunes during the graduation scene, but I did not recognize the songs. Yeah, that's I was what like, my, yeah, uh, this is what we would have thought was cool. Yeah, that's what my wife said as we were watching. She's like, man, the soundtrack to this is very 2010. And I was just like, yeah, <laughs> we talked about yeah, that. Yeah, dude, so yeah. is the hair. Yeah, we talked, dude, it's so much about the emo era. We talked about this, like, dude, I don't know if you noticed in the movie either, but Victoria, the evil vampire, if you notice what she was wearing in that, she had a little Hot Topic oh. studded bracelet on, dude, with, oh, the, with the little yeah. studs, the three rows. And I was, was she a different actress than the last I one? I couldn't played remember, her? but I think she was just so insignificant, like just like flashes up yeah, on the screen I think before she was a different actress. that it, they could have recast her, and I wouldn't have known the difference. I thought the mother Renee was a different actor too in the movie, but I couldn't remember if they actually showed the mother in any of the previous movies at all. Yeah, they have. So I, they I, have. I just don't remember it. There was actually a point in the movie where I had already forgotten everything, and like the first hundred pages of this novel that like occurred and as i was watching the movie i was like oh yeah that was the same book wasn't it it was the one i just read yeah but uh i'll get to that yeah because it takes away what little substance there is which is just them talking (laughs) uh so that hot hot talk we went from um genesis book of genesis from the bible and twilight went to romeo and juliet in the new moon and in this one we have robert frost what do you think of the Robert Frost little quote? Um, or... 
I was curious. I mean, it's a, it's a famous one. But if we're... So it's fire and ice. So if... Uh, and the movie opens up with Bella reading this to Edward in a field of flowers. Some meadow. I mean, it's... you know Some say the world will end in fire. Some say in ice. From what I've tasted of desire, I hold with those who favor fire. Is the first half of the poem. Which is what made me curious. I was like, oh, is this like... I mean, is Steph Meyer team team uh, team Jacob? Maybe it's 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 weird because in the book, well, one we already talked about that Jacob is an afterthought until book two, and then in book three, I mean we've talked about this already. Like Meyer has this way of all the important things that happen or things that are supposed to be very impactful in the story end up falling a little flat. So every time Jacob is presented, we just it's always a little flatter than like it should be. So like I, as a 30 something year old man reading this straight man reading this, I was like, uh, not enough. Like, I mean, we've said this already on, on past episodes of this series. It's just, yeah. But anyway, so she's still going with the big literary kind of nods in the front here. Kind of little, I mean, what do you think of the whole Robert Frost thing? Uh, I'm not a huge Robert Frost guy, but I, same thing with Romeo and Juliet. I was like, okay, okay, Stephanie Meyer, you're going to go for there. You know, you're going to put one of the greats in here. All right, put that in the front. <laughs> you know, I mean, and we talked about this, like the epigraphs kind of like, you know, it's fine. People do this all the time. Like, it's just kind of a little homage, maybe a little tribute. Maybe you are trying, like with the Romeo and Juliet one, maybe you're relying a little too heavily on kind of the themes and the foreshadowing or whatever. But, you know, I didn't think too much of it at this point. I was just like, yeah, you know, whatever. At least she's putting something good in the front here. Even if it was something that she inspired, that inspired her or had like, whatever, you know. Yeah, it might just be, like, you know, the fire and ice thing. I think it's just, like, supposed to be an Edward versus Jacob thing. Fire and ice, yeah. I guess the sleeping bag scene is the metaphor for the Robert Frost poem, dude. <laughs> dude, that fucking also... sleeping bag scene, dude. <laughs> we'll get there, Yeah, dude, man. I have so many notes on it. It's I... my favorite. Yeah, I was like, what is happening? All right, so we got Robert Frost at the beginning. Preface. Anything on the preface? Um, there is the reference to ice in the preface. Pre preface. Preface. Dude, see, when I see that word, I want to separate the two. Pre I want to say preface. That's what my brain always does. And I'm always having to like, correct <laughs> it and say preface. And I'm just like, this is my brain just, no matter how many times I read the word, say the word, know how it's supposed to be said, my brain always wants to separate those two sounds. I don't know. Yeah, why. mine doesn't. Yeah. I just said that like an idiot. Yeah, I'm rubbing off on you, I guess. My brain is uh, <laughs> getting the glitches in my brain. Yeah, she does say with ice in my heart in the first one of the first two sentences. But other than that, no. Like the preface is just like trying to hint at that the action is going to eventually happen without having to actually give us anything. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, Bella reads that Robert Frost poem in the beginning of the movie when she and Edward are, like, holding each other in a field. And then uh, the preface doesn't add or do much here. 
do you think? No, it just says we're gonna we're gonna be afraid of dying again, or we're gonna be facing death again at the end of this book. Yeah. We're in danger. Yeah. And then we start with that these like handwritten notes from Jacob. Yeah, that's fun. Mostly crossed out. Why notes. start over? Why just leave it crossed out? Right. <laughs> but whatever. So that's she not can the point. Read all of it. Yeah. 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 I was like, all right, whatever. Yeah. Uh, and then this first chapter, I was like, okay, you know, Jacob's all upset because she likes bloodsuckers. <laughs> <laughs> and, Filthy bloodsuckers. <laughs> and. Uh, what are they called in True Blood? Fangbangers? Fangbangers? The people that like to have sex with vampires. God hates fangs. Is always like the... That's a clever little turn of phrase. That is a good... Good way to... Uh, yeah. Yeah, we get the little introduction to like, okay, Wuthering Heights is the new literary reference that we're going with for this book. Yeah. I don't really know Wuthering Heights, so I relied it, entirely... Yeah on uh whatever we get here i guess we should add that to the list but oh yeah that was one of my notes in here is should we read wuthering heights? yeah we probably should i mean i mean yeah. i feel like i'm gonna hate it uh probably but then again you know i haven't read it and i probably would have hated it 20 years ago if i picked it up but now i probably would appreciate parts of it at least the merit that we give it in like the canon and stuff i probably would see it and appreciate it if we read it so yeah add it to the list why not what else are we gonna do you know might as well read mm. it but yeah we haven't read it yet listeners <laughs> we don't know what the fuck it's about <laughs> we're just listening to edward and bella uh read quotes to themselves read quotes to each other from it uh also i don't understand why jacob like the first thing i was like why aren't why aren't these text messages like, why aren't, I guess, like, cell phones were only just becoming, like, very commonplace. <laughs> but they were very much a thing by this time. Yeah. Like, if you were in high school, you probably had a cell phone. And I, I mean, this is, so this came out in 2007. I mean, I was in high school. I had a flip phone. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we all did. Yeah. So I would imagine, yeah. I mean, the cell phones are used in this, but, yeah. So little that I'm just like, every time something happened, like, I don't know. It didn't bother me then, I guess. And it only minimally bothered me now, but I was still kind of like, huh. Yeah, you could put some. That's weird as shit. Yeah, and I mean, this is a vampire novel, so it's not like it has to be super realistic. But, you know, the more realistic you are, the more you immerse your reader, all that kind of shit. Blah, blah. I mean, it didn't really give me a hard time. It was right, just like, yeah. does she not have a phone? <laughs> is she not allowed to have a phone? Yeah, dude. And Jessica... She's always, like, falling on shit and, like, getting lost. Like, I'm surprised she doesn't have a phone. She only has a phone when Edward or Alice hands it to her. Yeah. Uh, but the first thing I noticed, and this was me kind of getting bored and sick of Bella and her kind of bullshit, where she talks about Jessica on page 11 having an anti-Bella agenda. Oh, no, that's great. <laughs> yeah, I put an LOL next to that. I was like, anti-Bella agenda. I was like, ugh. I mean, she Bella was a, like, shitty friend. Yeah, and I was like, uh, In the last book. 
This is such a. She's like, it's us versus them. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah dude. Some big brained PhD is going to talk about how this is an allegory for contemporary American politics or something. And I was oh, yeah, yeah, you're really giving us insight, dude. There's some great, great scholarship there. Good for you. <laughs> yeah, dude. So, page 11, I was already kind of. This took me longer than usual to get through for like a pop kind of fast read, you know novel this time and i think it's just because i'm burning out but we only have one more to go so sophie and i said fuck it yeah, i think it's the it. longest one it and is the next one's the longest one looks like she does something a little different i haven't started it yet but you know the end of this one i guess we'll get there yeah we'll get there yeah with like just jacob's perspective switch she kind of like goes into the tolkien thing looks like in this next one yeah thank god yeah, if you're going to tell a sweeping saga <laughs> like this, it's better, you know, telling it from only one person's point of view is limiting if you're going to do a sweeping saga with all these characters and all these different events and histories. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, for characters who, like, can see into other people's minds, nobody has quite that much depth. But again, like, we don't need it. Right? Like, it is what it is. Yeah. And then it would have maybe it would have helped, but like, how much? Yeah. And around page twenty-five, my note is: Are we still doing this? <laughs> I was just like, Are we still doing this whole? Ella wants to be a vampire. Edward doesn't want her to be. Uh... And then we have like twenty, forty, a hundred yeah. pages. We of got them being a like, bunch well, of. We get a bunch of like aging fear and more rejection of marriage and then we get the bit about um and then like more of edward being particularly overbearing in like no kind of sexy way just like telling her where to apply to school but then we get that part about uh the attacks in seattle i think that's page 25 yeah it's right before that where she says that i marked her said, i want to be a monster too his teeth clenched. He spoke through them. You have no idea what you're saying. Again, this is something that has happened in these books. <laughs> Every single book now. Like, this is the exact same phrasing, the exact same argument. This has happened in every single book we've read for this so far. Monsters are not a joke, Bella. Yeah, you don't know what you're talking about. I do. It's a real line. Yeah. Monsters are not a joke, Bella. Yeah. And that's when I was just like, are we still doing this? We're still doing this whole, like, yeah, we are still doing this. No, what's new is you would be surprised, when he says you'd be surprised how often my kind were behind, was behind this kind of oh, right. thing. And I was like, <laughs> oh, I guess, like, I guess vampires account for most of the murders <clears throat> that happen. Yeah. And uh, the Florida trip. Or frequently. Yeah. Florida trip that we don't really see except for one moment. Dude, the Florida trip lasts four paragraphs in the novel, and I think it's like a two-minute scene in the movie with her talking to her mom. Yep. And then we're just, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter in the book. It doesn't matter in the movie, but it's there. So welcome to the Florida trip for all four paragraphs, and then uh, we go. My big thing here, and this is kind of the first couple chapters, first hundred pages or so as I was reading through it, I... I don't believe Bella is having a hard time with the idea of marrying the man that she claims to be so in love with. 
Yeah, I mean, I said that last time. I was like, uh, but, but it also, like, I don't know. Somewhere in the 17-year-old brain, it kind of makes sense. Right. You know? Because you're like, I can make this big commitment, but, like, not marriage. Marriage is weird. I don't want to be tied down, you know? Yeah. Contradiction. Too young. I mean... And, like, it doesn't make sense. Dude, I see it all the time, dude. I mean, people do that now, too. Where they're just like, well, I have a kid with this person, but I, I would never marry him. That's too permanent. Like... <laughs> I'm always, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's it's way, just a piece of paper, man. Yeah, way less permanent than having a child. <laughs> yeah, way less permanent. Are you kidding me? Jesus. <laughs> it's just a piece of paper. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, it's more than just a piece of paper, but at least, I mean, it isn't as big <laughs> as fucking having a child again. No, like, this sure. is one of those things that bothers me reading it as an adult, but I'm sure I would have been, like, totally on her side. Yeah. Like, as a as a 17-year-old. And when you think about it, like, in terms of the vampire rationale, dude, like, if you're really thinking about it, we're going to go down this hole. Well, I mean, if you're a vampire, you're already living forever, and if you're married, like, it's not like that couldn't end. Like, like you literally yeah. live forever. Like, most people's marriages only last their lifetime, so, like, if you have, not even, so if you have centuries forever to live, uh, not like you couldn't get an annulment whenever you wanted, <laughs> you know, but, no, other than that, but it, more, more for me, I was just like, God, I don't believe it, I just, I find it so hard to believe, but like you said, maybe it is, like, a teen thing that I'll just never understand, because I was never a teen girl in America, you know. I mean, but you had a moment in your life where you were like, I'm never going to want to get married. Yeah, sure. Yeah, it's just that. Yeah, I, yeah, but I also wasn't like, I guess I was never in a position where, <laughs> where that was like a consideration <laughs> at like that time, I guess. But yeah, I don't know. I just, yeah. maybe I'm complaining more about how like we need a little bit more of Bella's thought process in this for me to like. That's what I mean. Yeah. Like we never get her, like we never, <laughs> we don't get a lot of internal depth from Bella. Right. And I think, you know, that's one of the, one of the things that hurts this book. Yeah. And maybe, and it's not even. The series. Yeah. And not even like we needed a whole lot. We just needed a little bit. Just walk us through her like teenage rationalization for this. Instead of just telling her how, saying that she's terrified of marriage. Like, just walk us through the teenage rationalization. You know, a paragraph or two. Like, you don't even need to, like, do this whole, like, a whole chapter or anything. Just a paragraph or two in the middle of her arguing with Edward. Something. But, yeah. Yeah, but also, like, anything that makes Edward remotely charming in the book is also absent from the movie. What do you mean? Like, any of, any part of him just sort of... You know, being a quippy little bitch. You mean the kidnapping like, her that they cut out of the movie? <laughs> <laughs> Did they ki Wait. Which one? When he kidnaps her and doesn't let her go to... Uh... They took that out? I was confused at a few points in the movie about what was happening. And I think I was just like expecting certain things from the book that didn't happen. Well, they combined, in the movie they combined, they cut that thing out. So, like, you know, when Jake shows up at school and there's about to be that fight yeah. in the beginning, Jake leaves and then Bella is put on house arrest by Edward for, like, a weekend and Jake springs her 
later in the novel, they combine that all into one scene in the movie so that Jake just, she gets on his motorcycle and he takes her in front of Edward. Uh, yeah, and it's, they combine, it speeds it up and, you know, yeah. but it's also like, does cut out some of the Edward uh, being an asshole, kidnapping her basically to protect her. But like, her. not just being, but like any amount, like any number of jokes he makes throughout the book, even though they're like shitty, you know? Like, that's all missing from the movie. So, like, we get no real sense of either him or Jacob as a character. The only sense of Jacob I get as a character is, like, desperate dweeb. Yeah. Nerdy boy. Yeah. I build cars. No one had, like, no one has a personality in the movie. (laughs) Dude, and I didn't have another note until page 111. I don't know if you had anything in between that. Damn. Um, Well, we get a little bit more of, like, you know, she's not like other girls because she doesn't care about fashion. Oh, yeah, I like how every time they make out, Bella gets stupid. Like she's like, I couldn't remember my name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, we get some nice hot and heavy action at some point. I think it's fun that Bella thinks of herself as the responsible one. Right. I like it when um, Bella declares that she is a virgin to her dad. I really <laughs> enjoyed that. <laughs> They do address Edward being like overprotective, so I was like, okay, well at least like we're we have an awareness of it. Right. Like it's not, yeah, I don't know. Psychological. Jacob calling to be like, will you be in school tomorrow? That's pretty good. <laughs> That's all. I just wanted to know if you'll be in school tomorrow. Yeah. 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 My note at page 111 was when Jacob and Bella were just holding hands. It's like between page like 111 and 116, roughly. I was just like, are you fucking kidding me? Or no, yeah, page 115 to 116, sorry. What about page 95 when Edward leaves Bella a note? He's like, look after my heart. I've left it with you. <laughs> yeah, I didn't mark that, but you know. Oh, I was so cringed out. His handwriting. I was like, ugh. <laughs> the platonic hand holding. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, dude. I, I love platonic handhold. I was just, oh my god, dude. I couldn't believe what I was reading. Like, how, like, I just couldn't. <laughs> I was just like, what? She and Jacob are holding hands as they speak to one another about like earnest feelings <laughs> and like they're ta- and she's trying to say this is platonic. We're just friends. I mean, it's an awkward way to have that happen, yeah. Well, not even that, dude. Just like, oh yeah, because friends just hold hands all the time, dude. Especially at the ages of seventeen, eighteen, dude. They're just holding hands as they talk to one another oh, on yeah. a log in the woods. Yeah, yeah, dude. Well, it's just like. Dude, you and I have been friends for like 12 years, almost 15 years now. Uh, uh, we've never held hands. <laughs> we hold hands. Like it's just weird as shit. Yeah, dude. Like it's not it's not a normal thing. <laughs> it's just not a normal thing that happens, dude. Like. 
I was just, I was like, oh my god, this is such a teen, like, what? <laughs> it's like, no, people don't just hold hands with friends, particularly, like, it's not a thing, dude. It's not a thing, like. The page right before that is also when Bella, when Jacob says, I think the best place to start looking for a mate would be to look within your own species. That usually works. And Bella goes, well, that just sucks. <laughs> it's like, what is this argument? Hold my hand. <laughs> In any other context, this argument's really weird. Well, let's hold hands and talk about it. <laughs> oh, dude, it's just so corny, man. It's just so fucking goofy. I'm just like, oh, my God. This is so... Yeah, so are teenagers, though. Yeah, but I don't think this is, like, such a book that's about accuracy. You know, like, about, like, yeah. depicting real teenage relationships. Uh, but, yeah, I was just like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> like, what? Like, <laughs> uh, whatever. Bella leading Jacob on, holding his hand. <laughs> they discuss their feelings for one another. Uh, I'm like, yeah, okay, whatever. All right, what I wanted to talk to you about, dude, imprinting. <laughs> what do you? What do we think uh, of imprinting, dude? What did you think? Well, is this when Bella freaks out about aging again and has like a tantrum? Well, they introduce the aging fears in the second book, and then they kind of go come through all these other ones. It looks like like it's just part of Bella's yeah. character now. I guess they try to make that part of her like justification for wanting to be turned, but you know. Just like everything else, and it was kind of not enough to give us a justification for it, yeah. like a motivation for it. But imprinting. When I first when I read that, I was like, imprinting, <laughs> imprinting. What the fuck is that? And then I was, oh, I, yeah, yeah. I was like, this is it's love at first claw, dude. Love at first claw to your face. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, just the claw to the face, dude, and that's how you now you're in love. <laughs> destroying somebody's beautiful face dude emily's beautiful face now you're in love he just imprinted yeah it feels like it's just there to make it convenient that he hasn't imprinted on bella yeah i don't know if that'll... so she can't be like the love of his life yeah and i don't know if that will uh does that come back i imagine it comes up in the fourth book but I don't know because I've never read it or seen the movie. Do you want me to tell you? No, I, I guess we'll get to, we'll get to it. Yeah, I guess we'll get to it next episode. I think it's it's maybe it's more because I have no idea what's like happening in this stuff till I read it and watch I do it, is so. so stupid. I can't yeah. wait. Yeah. So half of this is like Sophie enjoying my reaction to uh, yeah <laughs> to great. like this shit, which whatever. But yeah, dude, imprinting us. All right, thoughts. <laughs> thoughts on imprinting i mean it's just the wolf version of like ed and bella staring at each other from across the room for yeah. you know 123 minutes it is part of my issue with the imprinting was like just how dumb the name is for it dude that's only gonna get worse get yeah, used to it and fantasy books particularly young adult fantasy books haven't you watched riverdale i haven't no 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 i haven't oh my god they have a drug that's called jingle jingle 
remember you telling me that. <laughs> oh, I gotta get that jangle, yo. <laughs> yeah, dude. Oh god. Oh, that's so bad. Uh, I guess we're no- humans are notoriously bad at naming things, but and these young adult stuff, man, they just don't even try. I mean, it like not like. heroin. That seems like a pretty like normal name. Yeah. Or marijuana, like yeah. Jingle jangle seems a bit much. <laughs> Especially if it's like a synthetic, like created in the tw- you know second half of twentieth yeah. century lab drug. Like, <laughs> oh yeah, we're just gonna call it jingle jangle. I think it's supposed to be too. Yeah, dude. Of course. I haven't even seen it, and I knew that was that was gonna be part of the story. God, I don't even remember what the what the gangs are called. Oh uh, yeah, that's right. Riverdale. It's like uh, it's like West Side Story style gangs, right? Where there's like yeah, I think like, one of them is the Ghoulies. Where they like snap as they approach, type thing, and like have a little fight. That's just a the choreographed ghoulies. dance. Yeah, dude. Maybe we'll do that. Maybe we'll we'll do some Riverdale watch parties, dude. Uh, I'd be down I'm ahead of you. I have seen a few. There, well, I'm not even gonna get into that now. Seen at least a few seasons. No, I've seen a few things of like. No, I'm saying I have. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'd watch it because it's always popping up in my recommended and stuff. It's Oof, just always. Seems it only so... gets more musical over time. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We learned that Bella's a Virgo. We knew Bella was a Virgo. Did we? Oh. Didn't we? I don't know. I mean, we knew when her birthday was. I don't know. But, like, didn't they make. Isn't. I just noticed. How, like, the last book started? I don't know. It's like her birthday. It was her birthday, birthday, but I mean, you know, I I don't even know with that you know Andy's not down with the astrological um, signs my wife always brings it up to me there dude yeah women women do be loving their astrological signs dude yeah, yeah. you're a Virgo yeah aren't you yeah dude as my yeah. wife reminds me constantly yeah yeah <laughs> stubborn bitch just, just the scene right all right so here's here's the scene page 130 his eyes narrowed slightly, but I am a werewolf, he said unwillingly. And he is a vampire, he added with obvious revulsion. And I'm a Virgo, sh- I shouted, exasperated. <laughs> yeah. He raised his eyebrows, measuring my expression with curious eyes. Finally, he shrugged. Yeah. Like, oh, something doesn't add up with that, but all right. Bella's well, I mean. She made sure everybody knew. Because it. it's. It's just a weird. There's like this whole weird argument of you should be with your species, but everyone here is human. Like Edward is like a human who became a vampire. Jacob's like a human, but weird because he's a werewolf and Bella is also human. But I guess they're different species. Like, I don't know. Yeah, it's uh, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what to say about this. I like that this next chapter is called Switzerland. <laughs> uh, yeah, because she's like, I'm neutral. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude. Uh, all right, and then my next note was just Edward, Edward <laughs> having Bella kidnapped. Oh, yeah. 
Oh, do you remember how we didn't talk about? Th- I guess we'll get back to this. Doesn't matter. We'll come back to it. About the kidnapping, or no, 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 no. About how Jacob kind of makes Edward his bitch. That's kind of funny. I like that. Yeah. Just by thinking, just by thinking about Bella being sad. Yeah. <laughs> and it like tortures Edward. Don't you think of her? Yeah, I thought that was funny. Yeah, I mean, he it's had like he just has to think so. it. <laughs> Edward forces her to be like kidnapped in his bedroom or whatever for like a weekend. Yeah, and of course, this is well after. I mean, you'll recall the scene where <laughs> where uh, Jacob shows up at school. We already talked about this. But <laughs> Jacob's like overprotective, isn't he? Jacob said, talking just talking just to me. A little trouble makes life fun. Let me guess. You're not allowed to have fun, are you? <laughs> no, she's that not. That sounds like a no. <laughs> hey, if you ever feel like having a life again, you could come see me. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was fun. I thought They're like, it... oh, God. They they try to make him such a bad boy. And he's so clearly also not, again, in the movie. Taylor Lautner. Whew, didn't work out. Just like, okay, so I'm trying to be sympathetic or uh, I'm not sympathetic. I'm trying to be charitable to Meyer here in terms of what she thought this kidnapping of Bella was doing, right? Like, showing the reader that Edward actually has some issues of his own. Um, what page are we on? Uh, I don't really have a page marked, but just, like, that kidnapping part with... It was just so strange to me. I kept being like, what am I reading? Like, <laughs> what is this? Is not real. Like, <laughs> this is not... I don't know. I don't know. It's a novel, so whatever, but... Yeah, I was just like, okay, so like this, um, and I li- I do like that, like okay, while while Bella's kidnapped, we hear Rosalie's lore, we get kind of oh, Sam's yeah, yeah, yeah. werewolf lore. Uh, I like that. <clears throat> there was a lot of lore in this book. There's a, we basically learn almost the entire family history of the Cullens, like because of all these characters that suddenly start to matter more. Jasper's some type of combat uh, genius because he was in the Confederate Army. Uh, <laughs> oh, God. oh, God, dude, just saying it out loud makes me giggle. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, <clears throat> I don't know if you wanted to get into any of that with, like, the lore. I mean, I don't give a fuck about Rosalie's backstory. It made like, me like it's her a also bit just more. Yeah, I mean, I already kind of decided that I hate her. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm cool with leaving it there. But I also felt like, oh my god, is this like another moment where we're just gonna have (coughs) evil... Like, was this one... Was there like a a rape that occurs? (laughs) Is there a a rape that occurs in Rosalie's backstory? I feel like there's some kind of... could be interpreted as a rape but it doesn't 
actually like ever outright say it. It just says that they kind of like strip her clothes and embarrass her and beat her up. Like literally the men are kicking her in her side. There's no description of them like taking turns. Like, <laughs> like I mean like, uh, you know, of like actually raping her or something, but it's implied that she's clearly be like abused and then assaulted by her drunk fiance and his friends and then left to die when Carlisle finds her. The movie did something, not a huge deal, but when the movie has Rosalie give her Lord to Bella, they have Bella approach her. Doesn't make a huge difference, but it does change the dynamic of Rosalie and Bella a little bit. Whereas, like, Bella doesn't really want to hear this story when Rosalie's telling it to her in the, in the, in the novel and Rosalie kind of forces her to hear it, like comes into her room at night, like, and like, while well, she comes into Edward's room at night cause she's kidnapped in Edward's room. And then oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Rosalie's like, look, I, you shouldn't become a vampire. And here's my story. Basically it makes Rosalie more kind of like a, I don't know, a forceful figure, something like that. Well, it just makes her more than just kind of a bitch who, like, we know has a a backstory in which, you know, her life was taken against her will. Yeah, which is the case for almost all of these people, right? Like, all the vampires. Little, And it's similar to Sam's kind of werewolf lore, right? Like, his, that's taken from him, right? Not like, you know, you don't want these things, but you're, like, forced to deal with them type shit. She just says, I won't make you listen to the rest when she tells the story. Right. They left me in the street still laughing as they stumbled away. Yeah. Um, they were teasing Royce that he would have to find a new bride. He laughed and said he'd have to learn some patience first. <laughs> so I thought it was alluded to. Yeah. But maybe I'm wrong. I guess, I mean, it is, right? Like, you could say it is, and it wouldn't be off base. I, mean, I just feel like she writes a lot of sexual assault. Yeah. This she one especially. a lot of, yeah, really yeah. went for it in this one. Yeah. Yeah. The, the Bella and Edward about to fuck, and then they don't. Yeah. Well, it's like, were they about to, or... They imply it by Bella unbuttoning Edward's shirt as they're making out, like, on the bed in his room with no adults to stop them, blah, blah, blah. Oh, yeah. You know. Yeah, when does that happen? Uh, I marked page 189. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, this is before I had a hard copy in front of me. I had to get it back from someone. Yeah, dude. I was just kind of like, man, this is kind of fucked up, like. Oh, it was all fucked up. I felt that way for the entire first half of this book. I thought Edward and Jacob were both assholes. I thought Charlie was an asshole. Yeah, Charlie Dad. had unusually assholeish behavior in this in this book. At one point, he like, well, I guess we haven't gotten there yet. We'll get there. Well, it's kind of right after uh, you're talking about when she punches Jacob. Yeah. It's kind of coming up after this. Yeah. We're gonna have sex, but we don't. Uh, but even before that, I noticed one line, like the Charlie, when he says, that's not very attractive behavior, Bella. And I'm like, Ugh. that's a weird choice. Attractive behavior. 
from a father. Like, <laughs> uh, but yeah, that was that. I guess it's supposed to be a little bit like off-putting. But yeah. The fucking scene was disappointed, dude. I was waiting for them to uh, penetrate, but that... Kept, <laughs> that To penetrate. Penetrate with that ice-cold marble erection, but he, you know, yeah. it's too dangerous. But I guess he doesn't get erections. Well, we don't know. No erections, we, no erections in this book. Yeah, that. But there's the implication that Edward would lose control if they started doing it, right? They started going at it. Like, they imply that Edward would, like, I don't know, rip her head off or something. <laughs> well, uh, like a praying mantis, dude, or something, just, like, eating the head as he's, like, banging. <laughs> I'm, like, I, looking for it. Yeah, I was just wondering, like, yeah, if you, uh, what you thought of that. Um, the almost fucking, but not fucking? Yeah. I mean, loved it. I mean, this is really... This is the heart of, this is the beating fucking heart of this book to me. Right? Will they get together? Will they make out? Will they fuck? The answer for the last one must be no for this story to continue. (laughs) The other weird thing, and I guess we'll get to this. When they have sex, this holds nothing for me anymore. Damn. So I guess they have sex in the last book. I'm just saying, in my mind, Uh-oh. as a reader, it's the anticipation. Like, what am I going to read this book about? Like, I don't know. Like, I am curious to know how right. Stephanie Meyer would write that scene. Like, yeah. if it were, like, to be... I strongly... I, I just... Yeah, I should stop talking. I'm going to accidentally give something away. Well, I mean, not like that matters, dude. I mean, you know. But it is kind of... I mean, the reason I even bring it up usually is because you and I, we read the same book. This whole podcast is about you and I reading the same book and then having, like, not always different, but usually a little bit different reactions to it, right? But, like, we do a lot of our tastes and, like, aesthetic overlaps, so... We do, we do agree more probably than we disagree, but it's like the thing that I kept noticing would like you, when you and I text back and forth, when you and I will like talk about these things as it's happening and like <laughs> share screenshots of funny shit that we, like, <laughs> that we were like reading through and all that. Like, uh, oh, yeah. it does strike me as like, yeah, like that was never a driving force for me in this novel. Like, will they fuck or will I won't, won't they fuck? So, so that's why I always kind of keep asking this, like. A woman reading this versus a man reading this. Um, what we associate with that kind of sexual tension type thing. And No, yeah, that's important. Yeah, and I think, I mean, and all that scholarship where they talk about all this fucking bullshit, I've never seen anybody mention that, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's uh, kind of I mean, important. that's so much of the appeal, right? Yeah, that's what I mean. It's, it's like, like oh, the whole yeah. appeal, right? She pressed his body tightly against me. Of course, I'm like, oh my God. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> it's so hot. Uh, just hold me. Hold me, yeah. That's yeah, that's I all it is. Yeah, I don't understand it. I need you. I want you to hold. <laughs> oh, God. 
Oh man, dude, I'm, I'm just laughing at this one, dude. Was laughing hard a lot during this one. Yeah, well, I mean, the whole the whole not fucking thing really becomes more of a thing, right? Like it it becomes like the story of this book. Them not fucking becomes the whole plot. Yeah. I mean, it is like to me in terms of the series, right? Like the things that actually matter to the series because there's no like there's no like dark lord for them to defeat in order to have a future. Right. Voluntary maybe. It, but like apparently not really. Like right. they don't seem to be that much of a threat to like they're their existence. Like, they're, they're just like, threat. yeah, they're yeah. like our, you know, president sort of. Yeah. They're like our Sorry. monarchy or uh, they don't care. Like whatever. Yeah. Yeah, but that is, I think, maybe the biggest. Well, it is. It is like the only piece of the story because it becomes about her virtue. That and it's like because there are moments of like suspense where where Bella or people in Bella's life, like her father or something, Charlie, would be in danger, and those are like sporadic throughout all three of these books. It's like little ups and downs, little hills. Okay, that's normal for a novel, but like the overall like you're saying is are they gonna fuck like that is like the are whole they gonna fuck is she gonna become a vampire yeah. will they be together forever like it's not i mean like we've added in this like rivalry right right but like is that other like the only reason why that matters is because of the love triangle like none of this shit matters yeah, and the love except triangle, for how it will affect their relationship. Yeah, and the love triangle does seem like kind of an afterthought almost as you're reading through this because it kind of only comes up when it's convenient until basically this book. Yeah, where it tends to matter a little bit more. Well, because like up until this book, it's like even through most of this book, it's like I don't. It's cl- like obvious that he's into me, but like I don't feel that way about him. Yeah. But oh my god, he's so big. <laughs> he has to crawl into my sleeping bag. Like uh, you know, like I mean, he has to it has crawl to be into my sleeping bag shirtless. Way. Yeah. So that little girls can be like, oh my god, Jacob. <sighs> I do like all the parts where like. He's hanging out with her like as a wolf and she's like oh, i like it this way <laughs> yeah where she pets him on the head and he like yeah. rubs he like, like muzzles yeah, you like him it. better as a dog dude yeah. yeah that's how you like him maybe that's a metaphor she likes having a little dog that follows her around and worships her yeah, not a little dog <laughs> And I really didn't have any notes until then when, like, Jacob starts going to confess his love. That's around, like, page 327. I don't know if you had anything you would, you'd want to hit Wait, what'd then. you say? I just don't like, know. Like, uh, I didn't have any other notes until page, like, 327 when Jacob starts confessing his love directly to Bella. Uh, I didn't know if you wanted to hit anything before that. A pretty important um, part. <laughs> let's see... That's probably right around the halfway point in this book. 
And right. Bella not fucking. Blah blah blah. What chapter? Uh, page three twenty-seven. I don't know what chapter. Oh, you're way ahead. Yeah, I didn't know if you wanted to hit anything before that because that was literally like the last time I didn't make a note. Well, there was then. like a certain point, maybe around like chapter eight or nine. Um, where I was like, are either of these people likable anymore? Right. Like, are is Edward or Jacob, like, likable anymore? Or Bella? Or are they just, like, I mean, yeah. Was Bella ever really? Right. I don't think we care that much about liking Bella. We're supposed to, like, be Bella. Right? Like, she's just a stand-in for the reader, I feel like. For the reader's fantasy of themselves. Yeah. That's all that matters. Yeah. The thing I did notice in chapter nine, that was Charlie talking about. That's not very, that's not very attractive behavior, Bella. He said. Yeah, well, because that's when fucking, that's right after, isn't that right after Jacob forces a kiss on her? Uh, no, that's after what something else that happened that I can't even fucking remember. Like I said, dude, watching the movie to this, like the first hundred pages or so, I was just, oh yeah, that happened in this book, didn't it? The guy was just forgetting things as soon as I read them, basically. Uh, It was something else. It was something else. Like, like I think it was something where Jacob said that he could never be like friends or blah blah blah, right? Or he didn't he say something to call her a name because she said she was going to be turned after high school, and they got into a fight, and then Jacob. Whore. Yeah, <laughs> and then then Billy like sends this like scribbled note that like tells her to call Jacob because he's sorry, and then she says no, and then Charlie's like, "Well, that's not very attractive behavior, Bella. Forgiveness is divine. <laughs> Don't you know your Bible? Not very attractive behavior. Be much more attractive if you were forgiving and divine." Yeah, I thought that was a strange line, particularly from Charlie, who has no type of real-world conversation with his daughter at any point in any of the novels previous, and now all of a sudden is like offering all this life advice, blah, 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 you need to see your friends, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But whatever. I mean, Charlie's always kind of been like a shell character that like is brought up when it's needed. They kind of dust him off and bring him out of the closet, and it's like, yeah, say a few of these lines. But then she, uh, when he forces the kisses later, that that was basically, it's basically right after uh, Jacob confesses his love to her. Mm. And basically says, look, pick me, like, pick me over this vampire, over this bloodsucker. This filthy, <laughs> filthy bloodsucker. And then he forces the kiss. I think in the following chapter, after they get into a fight over that, and Jacob calls her out for like being a mean bitch, and like Bella's kind of like, well, he's kind of right, but. So Jacob apologizes on 373. Where's the scene where it fucking happens? All right, I got it all marked, dude. Page 327 is where Jacob confesses his love. Because that's what I mean, the storyline in this, like in some of the other ones, it's repetitive. So it's way overwritten and long-winded. And again, this is why I think the movies tend to work a little better, because they cut out that fat. 
and they don't have us repeat the same storylines and all that. They kind of clean it up a little bit. Same writer, I think, too. Melissa Rosenberg. Yeah, I know. I looked it up. So yeah, I think maybe our, our wait. You said three twenty-seven. Oh, maybe I don't know. Three twenty-seven at the end, the bottom of the page is when he confesses his love. This is okay, after okay, 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 okay. they got in a fight. Probably a hundred. This is like a hundred pages after Charlie tells her she's unattra- unattractive behavior because she won't <laughs> say sorry to Jacob or whatever. Uh, so this is right when he's basically like, "Look, like I'm in love with you, Bella." Jacob said in a strong, sure voice. Bella, I love you, and I want you to pick me instead of him. I know you don't feel that way, but I need the truth <laughs> out there so that you know your options. I wouldn't want a miscommunication to stand in our way. That was the moment. And as I was reading this, I was like, oh, okay, I have to mark this. <laughs> I was like, this is literally Jacob confessing his love flat out, right? This is an important part. Uh, and I have a few questions <sighs> about that. One, what do we think of it? Two, is Jacob justified? confessing his love yeah is that like do we think i mean at this point like this seems a little weird i don't know about that you know it feels it feels iffy it feels like he is a boy who doesn't know that he's being turned down which is why i get confused toward the end yeah, because he's being turned down, but then he also is right. So it is like, yeah. I mean, maybe it is justified. I don't fucking know. Like, why not? You're a teenager. Just for him to flat out why say not? it, like put it that honestly, he's the first character to really do it, and I was kind of like, whoa, he's doing it. But you know, whatever is that. And then we have like, and then that, right that's the end of that chapter. And then we get into Wager, chapter 15, where it starts to get a little bit more. And this is when he forces the kiss on her in this chapter, I believe. Oh, nice. But, yeah, so he calls her mean. Yeah, not a lot happens for the first half of this book. It's pretty, um, yeah. like, I just don't remember big ones. Yeah, dude, like I like, said. I vaguely remember that things happened. When I was watching the movie. But I think I kind of tuned out a lot yeah. of it. Because I didn't have my hard copy of the book until, like, chapter 13. So I, like, found a PDF, and I was also, like, listening to it. And once I got to chapter 13, I was, like, taking notes and stuff in the book. But, man, where I did not have the hard copy, I did not remember a lot of things. Or, like, what order they happened in. I... Wait... Like I said, dude, when the movie came on, like the first 20 minutes, I was like, wait, I don't remember this at all. <laughs> I was like, I don't know. Uh, and then I was like, oh, yeah, that did happen in this book, didn't it? Just completely forgot, like, the first 120 pages. Like, and I had literally read them a few days before <laughs> watching the movie, and I had just completely forgotten. Uh, but, yeah, that's just, I guess it's just part of this type of genre, right? It's disposable. It's trash art, right? Trash art is disposable. Yeah. We're not going to be remembering this shit hundreds of years from now. We will not. Despite what people say, we will not be remembering Twilight. No. We will be remembering Harry Potter. We can get into that distinction. This is a Harry Potter. We can get into that distinction and why, but you know, we'll save that for the Harry Potter episodes. Yeah, okay. And then Jacob basically being like, you know, you're mean, Bella, you know. Page 329, Bella, do you think you could behave yourself a little better at least? I asked, irritated. No, I don't. You decide, Bella. You can have me the way I am, bad behavior included, or not at all. <laughs> I stared at him, frustrated. That's mean. So are you. 
That pulled me up short, and I took an involuntary step back. He was right. If I wasn't mean and greedy, too, I would tell him I didn't want to be friends and walk away. This is a big moment. This was like, this is the biggest thing that happens in the novel, in my opinion, like in terms of the love triangle. Where she basically realizes that, yeah, she is basically toying with Jacob. And Jacob's the first character to be like, you know what? You're actually like, you're not a nice person, Bella. Like, you're not nice. (laughs) Like, you're not. (laughs) And I'm like, oh, man. I stared at him frustrated. That's mean. So are you. So are you. Fucking bitch. (laughs) Yeah, you're right. Yeah, dude, I was like, what? Yeah, I remember that. Being like, oh shit, he's gonna call her out. That's what I put in my notes. I put, oh shit. (laughs) And then the page after that is the forced kiss, dude. The forced kiss. Alright, and this is not how it came off in the movie at all. They say they love each other all the time, too. Yeah, while they hold hands and... I'm just not in love with you. Okay, look, dude. Look, we've all been there, dude. Let's just say... Any like if I was trying to court a woman in my teen years, let's just say if she wasn't into me, we were not holding hands and telling each other we loved each other as friends. Like it was yeah. not that is not a real like it does it's not a real thing. It's no, not you'd be like very turned off. You'd yeah, be like, it, Ew, it, this is it doesn't exist <laughs> outside of like elementary school, okay? Like it does not exist in real relationships, in real dynamics, sexual or otherwise, it does not exist, dude. That's why I kept getting so kind of baffled by the hand-holding and the I love yous. We're just friends, but we love each other, blah, blah, blah. Okay, yeah. Until your heart stops beating, Bella. <laughs> I'll be here, fighting. Yeah. And they soften this kind of what... I mean, dude, when we read it, like, we texted about this. Like, I read it, I was like, oh, shit, like, this basically sexual assault, I guess you would call it that, right? I mean, yeah. The way it's described, the way, because you hear it from Bella's perspective and she's describing it. The way it's described, I'm like, oh shit. Like, I mean, basically, like, she shuts down, like, at some point, right? Well, his lips crush mine, stopping my protest. He kissed me angrily, roughly, his other hand gripping tight around the back of my neck, making escape impossible. I shoved against his chest with all my strength, but he didn't even seem to notice. His mouth was soft, despite the anger, his lips molding to mine in a warm, unfamiliar way. I grabbed at his face, trying to push it away, failing again. He seemed to notice this time, though, and it aggravated him. His lips forced mine open, and I could feel his hot breath in my mouth. Next to this, I wrote, ew. (laughs) (laughs) But above this, I did write, like, this seems bad. (laughs) That that seems not good. They did soften it in the movie. Yes. The movie did not seem they like he was it. holding her arms to her sides and forcing her to like take well, his kiss. Well, because there's no way to make Taylor Lautner yeah. seem that strong yeah. that you wouldn't notice her pushing. I'm gonna hold your arms down as you push against my chest and force you as you're clawing at my face to like suck my kiss. <laughs> <laughs> suck my breath. Yeah, suck my breath. Hot dog breath. Yeah, dude, that wolf breath. Acting on instinct, I let my hands drop to my side and shut down. I opened my eyes and didn't fight, didn't feel, just waited for him to stop. It's like, yeah, that seems bad. It sounds like an assault. 
Stephanie Meyer writes a lot of sexual assault. Yeah, and she writes it in a way that is almost too... I don't want to say sterile, because it's not sterile. It's not like giving us a matter-of-a-fact kind of depiction of it or something, you know? It's... But it's it's missing something. And, I mean, this is kind of a theme we've been talking about all these episodes. Like, a little lackluster in a lot of the things she does. But, yeah, and this was a little bit... Like, I remember reading this and being like, oof, this is a little... A little forceful. I felt like this was, like, a little bit much for Stephanie Meyer. I was like, right. oh, Stephanie. And I... Th- you're being provocative. Yeah, yeah. And... Because this is trash art, and are you really, like... I don't know. I don't feel like this <laughs> is making a commentary in the way that maybe, I mean, maybe it, it is. Yeah. Like, I don't fucking know. But, like, I, I also don't really care. Well, in 2007, it was not making the type of commentary we would put on it today, post post right. Me Too and all that all that kind of stuff. Uh, but it is still, you could argue it's still making a commentary about men being oblivious to, you know, women's not unwanted kind of sexual advances or whatever. But yeah, the way it's described with like holding the arms down and stuff, it made it much more graphic than just like reaching in for a kiss and Bella pulling away. Right. Like it was not that simple. (laughs) It was like, he was forcing her and forcing his lips onto her roughly pulling her hair and spitting in her mouth. And, Yeah, dude. Like you read, what a passionate kiss was supposed yeah, to be dude. like. You know, a teen awkwardly, like, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, basically it's written as if it's like an assault. That's how it's written, yeah. Which, like... It is, it, yeah. Unwanted it, it yeah, is. unwanted kissing and, and blah, blah. But he does accuse her of kissing back, right? Blah, blah, blah. And then we get this kind of... And then she says, are you done now? And he says, yes. Like, that's that's what I mean. So after that happened, I was like... She has when she punches him in the face and breaks her hand, and it's like pretty lackluster tension after was the thing that I noticed. Like the way that this scene is written, the tension seems like we didn't just have that scene, you know? Like the way that Bella felt in that scene as if she's It's right. really it yeah, it's weird. It, and then she's it's just like, like over it kind of thing. It's not like she's over it, but it's just like she is no longer like I, I, like, yeah, it doesn't feel like someone, I mean, she was able to, like, be an agent again, I guess, after this, even though she, like, needs a ride home. She, like, tries to punch him in the face and essentially fails because she breaks her own hand. Right. But, yeah, it does sort of feel like that didn't happen. And then she, like, goes home. This is when <laughs> I thought, isn't this when Charlie's kind of a dick? And she's like, Jacob kissed me, and he was like, ah. He's... Good for yeah, you, yeah, kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that too. So, like, that's... that. Like, the, the, the tension... I was just assaulted. Good right. for you, kid. I mean, that's also not how she says it, but, right. like, you What's know. I mean? The way she talks about it after, she talks about it as if it wasn't this kind of... But not just that, you know, whatever. That's, you know, she's a teenager. She's confused. Yeah, it was also, it was also written in a different right. moment. She's a teenager. Maybe she doesn't like, I don't yeah. know. It's... Confused, blah, blah, blah. Doesn't know how to react to something like this. First time somebody's done that. Like, you know, all that kind of stuff. But I was just struck by how much the tension just kind of whoosh, 
like went out of the room right after that because that's a huge moment of tension. Okay, he forces, literally assaults Bella, put forces well, this kiss. That's a huge no, no. Right, that's what I mean. It's like a huge bad right. thing. Like you know, that should. It seems like. And yeah. the reason I marked it, like, those three successive pages, boom, 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 where it was just, like, Jacob confessing his love, Jacob calling her mean, Jacob forcing the kiss, and then it just kind of, like, the air goes out of the balloon. Like, you would think that that was such a tension-filled moment, like, he's literally forcing a kiss on her like this, and, like, it just kind of disappears, or, it, like, mellows out into this... I guess it was just very confusing, and it's kind of gone along the same lines of everything we've talked about in these three episodes, so, like... Same type of thing, right? Steph I think it's just a, a problem with the way Stephanie Meyer writes, I think is what it is, more than anything else. Where she doesn't, not that she doesn't understand, but I think she didn't take full advantage of what that could be. Like, right after that, I was waiting for, like, a fight. Like, the fight to break out between Edward and Jacob. Like, I was expecting that to happen, and it and it just didn't. And then Charlie's there being like, hey, boys, take it outside. But I'm like, <laughs> this guy's chief of police. Uh, literally two guys fighting over his daughter. Like I was, and again, like these guys are like superhuman too. Like I was and hate each other with like a deep hundreds, thousands of years of prejudice. And it's like, we just, it just disappears. <laughs> it just, it just, it just stops mattering like within pages. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. This is also around when doesn't Edward decide that he's like chill now. Yeah, Edward does like a 180 within like two pages. Like, he's like, yeah, no, you can still hang out. <laughs> you can get in her sleeping bag. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Oh well, this is also where they're arguing over her. <laughs> this is when Edward says, "But if you ever bring her back, damaged again." <laughs> I was like, yeah. "Damaged." Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> As I, and then we spend like two pages of Bella just being an object. Yeah. She's mine. Yeah. Uh, yeah, dude. You know, I mean. And also made best man win. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, yeah, dude. Young men especially. I mean, this is something, too. That, like, People are. Which is funny for someone who was like, no, no, I've made my choice. This isn't, you don't have to fight over me. <laughs> well, I'm glad you brought that like up you. because I had a question right at this point. Right when like the tension started to fizzle out after that forced kiss where I was like, oh, this is actually, you know, some juicy, ooh, here we go. And then it kind of fizz, slowly fizzled out. And I was like, eh, no, you could have made a lot more of that. Like that could have been a huge tension, like a huge blow up point in the novel. But it wasn't. And I just was struck with this question where the guy's like, is it of a woman's or like a young woman's a teenage girl's fantasy to have two men fighting over her at like the same time. Is that something that like, not, not even like a fantasy or something you desire, but is that something that like gives confidence or something that's like, Oh yeah, I kind of like these oh, two I'm boys sure. fighting over me kind of thing, you know? I'm sure it gives, I'm sure it gives confidence, yeah. but, like, but is it like something I people desire or like, that. I don't know if that's like, a specific desire. Yeah, I guess it depends on the person, the personality. Well, like, I don't yeah. see that being as much of a thing. At least, like, it wasn't for me as much as, like, being defended, you know? Yeah, so same Project. thing, right? Yeah, like, a little bit. So it's still there. Yeah, and I, I just thought it's of it because I was like, man, this is kind of like... But yeah, if they're both hot as shit, fuck yeah. Yeah, and I guess everybody does like, no matter what, like it's not even just female, everybody likes sexual attention. Like it's, it's not, 
it's flattering, right? So like, it's not like it's just a, a female fantasy or something, or a young teen girl fantasy or something. It's just but, to be desired is yeah nice. People like just that. Yeah. Manifests yeah. <laughs> in particular ways in the mind of a seventeen-year-old right, girl. Yeah. Yeah. So that was something. But yeah, I was just like, damn, this lackluster tension, and there was such a moment here for this to really ride out. And then we get that moment right at the end of this chapter. Um, Bella's freaking out because she's scared that when she's a newborn, she's going to be just like <laughs> thirsty for blood. So now she's all thirsty for Jacob or not Jacob for Edward. And, you know, I think that's why the movie softens that kind of like assault uh, kiss that Jacob forces on Bella. I think they soften it one because it's not really used to full potential in the storyline, period. So it would be better to just kind of avoid that little blow up so and so. Also just not believable that too, with, that, yeah. with his character on screen. That and it just it makes it flow it makes us not get distracted by the misuse of the tension, if that makes sense. Just from like a storytelling perspective, you know, whatever you know, this isn't about morality judgments, it's like so like when when because this tension fizzles out so quickly in the novel, I see why Melissa Rosenberg kind of adapting this to the screen would be like, well, let's play this down a little bit and just kind of let it build to the natural tension of like the growing love triangle instead of having it kind of blown up and then fizzle out before the like, well before the end, because this is literally at the halfway point in the novel. And in the movie, it's, you know, the first 30, 40 minutes. So. Oh, yeah. And because, you know, it's PG-13. You know, you're going to be putting, you know, what are you going to be putting on the screen there? You're going to be holding some girl down and force it, like, kind of thing. Like, uh, and this leads into the Edward and Jacob teaming up, dude. Edward and Jacob team up to defend Bella from the big, yeah. bad, red-headed vampire and her studded bracelet from Hot Topic. Oh, my God. And, again, I thought it was a good move but it's still lackluster. It still fell short. Like, still fell flat as I read it. But I understand why it's in there, because it's like, yes, we need this to happen. We need to have these two people that hate each other, like, come together for a common cause, and Bella be put in the middle. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is chapter... 16? Uh, I think it's... Yeah, I think right before... Yeah, because it's at the party where they decide, the graduation party where they decide that they're going to be Most like graduation party. Teaming up. And in the movie, that's where they play that Muse track and then they show like the party oh, shots. Oh, yeah, because this is when Alice has a vision. Right? Yeah, the vampire army. Yeah, she has a vision of a vampire army of newborns, which I guess, you know... We get this whole explanation that they're extra strong, blah, blah, blah. So we're supposed to be scared of all these vampire babies. <laughs> Baby vamps. There was something I marked. So yeah, that and then. Oh, 17. Chapter 17. Was chapter 17. Alliance. <laughs> <laughs> all right and this is when and like bella doesn't like them so i mean this is a little bit further ahead but it's still like they made the truce right they're gonna train to kill this army together with the wolves and the cullen uh coven or whatever 
Edward and Jacob have yeah. to have this little thing where they hash out about how they're both competing for Bella's love. And then um, Edward's explaining this shit to uh, Jacob So and looked at me while he explained, We're, well, you're going to leave a false trail into the clearing, Bella. The newborns are hunting. Your scent will excite them, and they'll come exactly the way we want them to without being careful about it. Alice can already see that this will work. When they catch our scent, when they catch our scent, they'll split up and try to come to us from two sides. Half will go through the forest where her vision suddenly disappears. Uh, yes, Jacob hissed. Edward smiled at him, a smile of true comradeship. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, dude. I felt sick. How could they be so eager for this? How could I stand having both of them in danger? I couldn't. I wouldn't. (laughs) This is just... This is just gonna be some really good homoerotic fan fiction i mean that's how 50 shades of gray started right wasn't it like twilight fan fiction like wasn't it wasn't el james like publishing this on their like a fake name like on like reddit forums or whatever and like i have no idea and then it turned into like 50 shades of gray trilogy because everybody like loved it just like yeah what if they actually did fuck (laughs) what if edward kidnapped bella and had her be like a sex slave with a contract and all that like yeah, yeah, yeah. But there are, there is like something fun about them interacting. True comradeship. Yeah. We're united by the girl that we both love. Yeah, and I was like, okay, yeah. that's why I was like, okay, this is needed, right? Like it was, it was, it was a good use of the story, but it, it does fall flat, like everything else in these books, kind of. Yeah, it's kind of weak, weak stuff, but. But yeah, <laughs> true comradeship. True comradeship. I was like, oh. <laughs> and then right after that, in chapter 20, there's like the another no, we can't fuck scene. Or that's like the really big no, we can't fuck scene. Oh, yeah. That's my favorite. Where she's so like good. actually unbuttoning his shirt and stuff, right? And then like they're on the bed by themselves in like the house alone. Yeah, and she keeps trying to force it to happen. Yeah. And, and Edward's <laughs> like, no, it's dangerous. But she's also all insecure, and she's like, do you even like me? Yeah. Do you even, you know, are you remotely interested? And then she's like, I won't have sex while I'm human. Because <laughs> I don't know if it'll feel the same, but I also don't know what it'll feel yeah. like. So I'm a virgin. Yeah. Another, we said this last episode, but yeah, you can you can tell that, like, Stuart and Pattinson were fucking during the filming of these movies. There's a lot of chemistry, especially in the scenes where they have to make out. Yeah. She has this moment of feeling rejected. And he's, like, surprised that he hurt her feelings, which is weird to me. But also maybe kind of honest. <laughs> Edward talks about how he's so... he's So, so the male-female dynamic. Yeah. And he's so noble, he's just never had sex. <laughs> Or, like, made her come. Yeah, and there's there's hinting at, like, the sexual desire goes down when you're a vampire. Like, they kind of hint at that. Seems boring. Yeah. Is this just... Is being a vampire just being married? Yeah, being a vampire where you have to do nothing but have constant self-control in order to not be a, a total monster. Yeah, a little strange. A little strange. Yeah, but... I... 
He calls her oversensitive after being re- after he rejects her, and he's like, "I could kill you." So I mean, he's I guess he could, I guess he's worried about doing like a praying mantis style where he just like bites the head off the person, right, and then that's it. Like at the end of sex, he just bite off the head. Yeah. <laughs> like insects or whatever <laughs> when they mate, like it's just like oh, I could bite your head off. And then she says, "Please," I finally whispered, hopeless. It's all I want. Please. I was like, is she, like, begging for dick? Yes. <laughs> She's just straight up begging? Pretty please. Come on, put it in. <laughs> yeah, dude. We get a little bit of trembling. Dude. The sleeping bag, man. Oh, and his whole thing here, right, is that he is like, okay, I'll, I'll fuck you, but you have to marry me. Right, yeah. That's how that ends, right? I just want to make sure we're clear on that. That we keep... We keep sight of the larger issue. No premarital sex. No premarital sex in the Mormon church. You know this will speed things up, accused. There is only one thing I want to speed up. The rest can wait forever. But for that, it's true. Your impatient human hormones are my most powerful ally at this point. (laughs) human hormones those filthy human hormones and at this point dude it was getting to me like i put a note in this as i was going i was like i was really starting to get tired and i texted you about this and i was burning out a little bit reading these last like you know 150 pages where i'm just like man it's really getting old to me about bella being like uh i love two men but also like i don't but also, like, I'm going to openly tell them I love them both all the time and in front of each other. And they're just going to be like, well, the better man win. Oh, yeah. It's just, it's just, to me, I guess I was just getting fed up with the kind of childish, childishness, childishness of it. <coughs> the kind of dumbness of it where I'm just like, look, like, there's just not enough at this point to the fact that you're still going back and forth. Like, there's just not enough. And it's mostly not enough. The only thing that's enough is that, the, like, they're supposed to be, like, best friends. Except he's not, yeah. like, best friends because he wants, like, he loves her. Right. But that's a thing. Like, this whole idea of the possibility that he could still, like, have a love at first sight experience out there for him. And that's going to be forced upon him. Right, for Jacob, with the whole imprinting yeah, dude, thing. love at first claw across the face, dude. Yeah. He's going to slash some poor girl's face and then be in love for life. And... Um, and I feel like that's just supposed to, like, relieve that tension <sighs> as a re Like, we're not supposed to, at this point, want them to be together because they're not soulmates. Yeah. Uh, the soulmate but, like, thing is just... I get that I guess it's always a love story trope. Oh yeah, here it is. Okay. This is still about fucking, by the way. Go for it. Uh, speak on um, it. This is when this is four fifty two to fifty three. I shook my head and laughed glumly. You make me look like a villain in a melodrama twirling my mustache while I try to steal some poor girl's virtue. This is Bella talking. And then he says, no, you silly girl. Um, I'm trying to protect yours. 
So he's trying to protect her virtue, mm-hmm. pulling out all, this, all the stops. He's making sure that she's going to be married first. He's like, I'm eternally damned. Right. But we're going to make sure that you're married before you have sex. And that's repeated throughout this. Like, yeah, like it's the same thing. Like, Edward. It's the virtue. Dude, Edward was getting on my nerves in this one with his, like, bullshit. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they were all getting on my I'm nerves. Protecting with their bullshit, your virtue. But... But by the time all the kissing stuff happened, I was, like, more about it again. Yeah. So I was like, all right, let's go. Let's touch each other now. <laughs> yeah, dude. The, uh, the sleeping bag. Yeah, let's talk about <laughs> it. <laughs> the sleeping bag, dude. It was... Fun. Uh... A fun, fun time. It was one of the one of the first times you had like a real conversation between Edward and Jacob, which was good. But like, it was a little like, man, the tension between this love triangle and the and the best we get is like Jacob has to get in a sleeping bag with her, shirtless, in front of Edward to like keep her warm, to keep her from freezing to death on this tent on the mountainside in Washington in the winter time. Uh, yeah. And Edward's just sitting there. But they're like bros now. That's what I mean. Yeah, they're also. like bros now. They're homies. <laughs> homies, dude. They're broing out together, dude. Jacob and Edward, dude. They're like, bro, I'm just keeping her warm, bro. To relax. Edward's like, can you keep your thoughts quiet? You, yeah, I love that. You keep that. your thoughts quiet while you press your body you stop, next to her? Can you stop thinking about fucking? Stop thinking about fucking my girlfriend while, you, while you're in the sleeping bag with her and I'm watching. <laughs> yeah, dude. Oh. Yeah, man. Edward the cuck. <laughs> Edward the cuck, dude. Yeah, dude. Yeah, it's for her virtue, though, dude. That's why he does it. Yeah, dude. There's all this stuff <laughs> where there's, like, all of these unspoken things. Where Edward's like, do you mind? And he's like, what? Like, you know, can you, can you, like, attempt to control your thoughts? And he's like, don't say you had to listen. Get on my head. Yeah. I wish I could. You have no idea how loud your little fantasies are. It's like you're shouting them at me. I'll try to keep it down, Jacob whispered sarcastically. There was a brief moment of silence. Yes, Edward answered an unspoken thought in a murmur so low I barely made it out. I'm jealous of that, too. I figured it was like that, Jacob whispered smugly. (sighs) What the fuck? What are you talking about? There was a point in the movie when I was watching it. You know, she could still change her mind, Jacob taunted him, considering all the things I could do with her that you can't. Fuck. At least not without killing her. Yeah. Biting her head off. Yeah. And then they have a talk. What were you saying about the movie? As I was watching it, dude, really, my wife was sitting next to me and, like, half paying attention. And, like, uh, 
there was that scene in the movie where like this occurs, like the tent, the sleeping bag occurs, and then, you know, when Jacob like is basically leaving, and then Bella runs after him and tells him to kiss her, or he threatens to uh, performatively kill himself if she doesn't kiss him or whatever, <laughs> and like my wife was just like, oh my God. Like she was getting like frustrated with Bella. She's like, how could you do this? Like you love this guy. You're engaged to him and you're telling this other guy. Like I was like, yeah, well, that's what I've been thinking every time I've read these books. <laughs> I was just like, yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, that was such a dumb bitch thing to say too. Like, I guess I'll just go, I'll just, I'll just go kill myself. Well, we, t- I'll just go die. Dude, this is why I brought up the, very emo. Last yeah, last episode in the emo era and the performative self harm. Like, well, I'm gonna hurt myself unless you. It's this like selfish use of threatening self harm that was yeah. very very popular. And I mean, let's be honest, still is very yeah. popular. People still do yeah. that. People keep claiming that they're going to be under some type of threat usually I mean, self-imposed it, well it's also like you know it's a it's a tactic right? right it's a tactic to get your way or to get the kind of attention you desire and i'm sure it works well it does work but that's what i mean it became like common more much more like everybody doing it during the emo era yeah because it was fashion yeah, it was like it was a fashion like... statement yeah I'll die without you exaggerations type stuff, which is common in a love story. But yeah, this is why the performative self harm matters. All that kind of stuff. But yeah, dude, sleeping bag and then kissing and then. And then they talk about like, how did you withstand the pain of thinking she was gone? Like, this is just, this just feels like little girl fantasy of like, when I'm dead, they'll miss me. When no one, when, when they leave, they're gonna, they're gonna realize what they missed. Yeah, you're gonna be sorry. I'm gonna hurt myself, and you're gonna be sorry yeah. that you didn't that you didn't take my threat seriously. My threat of self harm. My uh, my my hot topic studded bracelet. Yeah, but they, yeah, I don't get it. Like, they have this whole row session. He reminds her, he reminds Jacob that he might, like, go fall in love with some other bitch. Yeah. It's... But yeah, it's weird as shit. And we're getting all of this from Bella, also, who's supposed to be asleep, but, like, not quite. Yeah, and that's why I was going to ask you about this, where we get Jacob's perspective in the epilogue. You can tell that she's basically being, like, well, telling the story from Bella's perspective entirely is limiting at this point with all that's going on, so she just starts to casually, like, not do that. (laughs) Like, she's asleep, but we hear this whole conversation. Uh, and then eventually, after the book is over, we go into Jacob's perspective for like two pages. And I, I didn't, I haven't read the fourth one yet, but I did kind of breeze through it, and that opens up with like Bella's perspective, and then you switch to all these different people's perspectives. It looks like so. 
Again, very common way to tell a sweeping saga like this because it is very difficult to just do one person's perspective when you have all these characters and all these moving parts. Like It's very difficult to make that still. Maybe that's a problem with some of it too is that so much of it relies on Bella's perspective that it makes us frustrated. Uh, yeah. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, also because there isn't a lot of, like we've said this whole time, there isn't that much like character development i guess like yeah and the action we talked about before too like it's it's a repressed action but not in a good way so it's like like what do we actually know about bella she wants to be a vampire she's different (laughs) she reads like bronte novels and shakespeare yeah and austin and all those but yeah yeah, yeah, that and and then one thing like we didn't get that final battle scene in the in the book, but we do get it in the movie where it's like a rugby match. But uh, <laughs> you know, that was a little lackluster. The fact that we didn't get any of the battle, we just got like the battle starting, and then like Seth's like whimpering in wolf form or whatever around, and he's like yeah. Edward's like hearing his thoughts. He's like, someone's hurt. And it's just like, oh my god, like, why don't we see in this battle instead of watching uh, Edward and Bella just stand around this tent while this battle's taking place? And this is this is after Jacob's, like, all pissed because he finds out that they're engaged right. now. Right. right yeah. He runs off. He's like, I guess I'll just go die. <laughs> and then Bella's like, I was saying, kiss me, Jacob. I think I think I guess women do have experience with this to some extent, right? Did like people just being like, "Well, I'll kill myself now." Except he really coer like this is very coerced, right? Uh, you this mean is... Jacobs? Yeah. yeah. Well, it is. It is funny how much like these two guys do coerce her, right? Like and like. It, I, the one thing I like about Jacob in this book is that he is the one kind of like not doing bullshit i mean he does some bullshit but he's also just like no nah, i'm not doing that like <laughs> kind of like you know like kind yeah. of like yeah well edward's actually pretty fucking coercive bella <laughs> like he kidnapped you and you're in like his house for like a weekend uh that's pretty insane like <laughs> yeah i just forced you to make out with me right yeah. but yeah yeah not without that fault but i mean that's what complicates drama right we want that complication we need that complication not as not that well executed by meyer in this but we still you know i know what she's going for it it works overall but you know could it be better of course this is a twilight saga it could all be better but yeah it's kind of incredible to me what what people let get away with in like pop novel i can't believe what they let the readers are just like oh yeah okay whatever yeah you guys like it sure (laughs) Uh, but then i did one thing i found strange and i noticed this when we were watching it when i was watching the movie because i didn't quite think about it until after i'd read the book and then was watching like the final scenes in the movie it seemed strange that the main villain throughout these three novels was killed at the end of this one and then we have the largest book left so like the overall threat the people that were after bella for three books now is gone because there needs to be a much bigger threat than just this one dumb bitch right that but i thought it was like since this was the only threat throughout most of the novel they kind of put but like it leads me to believe this so it leads me to believe and i haven't read any of these books yet so i'm about to start this fourth one here uh you know sophie and i'll get into that next week it's like 
I'm assuming the only things left now is that there's going to be the truce between the vampires. So my story brain is thinking, okay, truce between vampire and werewolves is going to stop. That's going to be one of the tension drivers in the fourth book. Also, since the main villain's gone, they're going to try and push the Volatari as the main villain in this next book. And then it's like, I'm just like, okay, it's so predictable to me at this point that like after that happened and I just realized this like while watching the movie last, it's like 9.30 at night. I just, the credits are rolling on the movie and I'm making my final notes and this just popped into my head all of a sudden like, huh, why would somebody, like why would you kill the main tension driver? I guess because you're going to try and push tension on these other things. May or may not work. I guess we'll see. I mean, I already know I'm probably going to be disappointed with it, but we'll get there. Yeah, there's also the part about how Edward doesn't get mad anymore. Oh, right. He just, like, does shit. a 180, just, like, stops overnight. Also, like, yeah, the kissing, totally yeah. fine. Well, because he went to therapy, dude, and now he he understood that, like, because <laughs> <laughs> I was prejudiced against the wolves, and uh, <laughs> and now I understand. I understand now that I've been therapized. <laughs> I've been treated. And you know, he saw it in his mind right. because he saw it in the other wolves' minds. So he's just like, yeah, you were coerced. It's fine. <laughs> I'm not hurt at all. That didn't hurt at all. Yeah, it's fine that you chased this guy down and kissed him after you already yeah, said I you mean, didn't want to. Yeah, I mean, except the way that it happens was like. It's like, if you could convince me, you really wanted me to stay. You know? Yeah, dude. And then she asks how. And he was like, you could ask me. Mm, please. Could you ask me? He's like, yeah, rub my belly in wolf form. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> like, Nuzzle up next to my wolf form. Yeah. yeah. And then one of my questions was, you know, why give us Jacob's perspective at the end? Yeah, but then there's this whole thing, and she's like, I didn't want to stop it. I like it. And then she's like, I love him, yeah. too. Yeah. All of a sudden, I love him, too. And, and it's written as if, you, you know, she's admitting it finally to herself. Something that she's known all along, blah, blah, blah. But also, I just think, like, Edward's, the thing that rubs me the wrong way about Edward is that he's so kind of, like, too calmly rational all the time. So he's, like, calmly rationalizing, like, his three options when he, like, loves Bella and has to, like, leave her in, like, the beginning of the second book. And you're just like, dude, like, you're just, no, this is too much. It's too fucking much. Too much stupid, like, rat, like, noble rationalization. It's like, get out of here, dude. Like, nobody's thinking that when you're in love with somebody and, like, this person's, like, and you leave them for their own good or whatever. Like, get the fuck out of here, dude. I just, I don't understand this, dude. Yeah, he's only passionate when he needs to protect her. Yeah. And there's this, I don't know, I see this all the time. I mean, it doesn't matter, but I was just like, God, dude, like, nobody acts that, like, nobody is thinking that, like, like this kind of, well, here, yeah, here are the three options to save Bella, and I'm going to pick this option because it's the least hurtful for her. And fire and ice oh god and that fucking rugby match in the movie dude I was just like what the fuck is this <laughs> this is so fucking stupid yeah um alright also why didn't Jake hang out as a dog in the tent I mean obviously because we couldn't get that scene but I was just like dude like <laughs> wouldn't that be like 
it would make it less the obvious answer. Right. I mean, it would definitely it would kill all of the tension, and I would not want to read that scene. It wouldn't be exciting. Right. It would just be more funny because Bella prefers him as a dog, except apparently not in the end. I don't. Well, because Jacob is right, right? Like, Jacob can give her human things that Edward can't kind of thing, right? Yeah. Like, he doesn't have to worry about killing her while they're fucking. Like, that's a pretty big one. <laughs> I mean, that's a pretty big... That's a that's a pretty big... Yeah, Edward can only give her eternal life. Yeah. Maybe that's it, right? So Edward can give her eternal love and eternal life. But, like, he can't give her the human things. And then if she's a vampire, I mean, that's, you know, they don't get into all that. All I know about vampire yeah, sex think... is from True Blood, the series anyway. So yeah. I don't really. Well, this is a True Blood podcast. We like there True we Blood. Do. Also, when I rewatched it over the quarantine, like, it was very Louisiana. And after living in Louisiana for, like, three years of my life, my wife and I, we were both just like, oh, yeah, this is very Louisiana. <laughs> like, this is... They pulled out the community coffee as a prop, all that kind of shit. I was like, shout out, <laughs> shout out, Louisiana. But I guess they're supposed to be in, like, northern Louisiana. Not, like, the part I was living in, but... Still, yeah. Uh, only thing I have left are, like, movie stuff. Did we hit what you wanted to yeah, hit? Yeah, me too. All right, yeah, let's go to movie then. But before we go to movie... I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure I have plenty more, but, like, I kind of burnt out on this one a little bit. Dude. I was feeling the same way, man. And I don't know if it's because we were rushing it or because I'm just getting a little bit tired of the same things happening over and over again. Now that we're like, you know, three books in, dude, we've read over like 1500 pages of twilight at this point. Like we haven't, we've only talked about Edward, Bella and Jacob for like the last several weeks. It's been right. So it is getting a little, it's really been a lot of my life. I mean, dude, this has been, we've read like 1500 pages of this this story we're about to read another 800 like, like it's literally we're gonna be reading like 3,000 pages of this fucking <laughs> these fucking uh lackluster story but i know you mentioned the acknowledgements page last episode this episode she only mentions muse and a few other bands but one thing i noticed in the acknowledgements there's a shout out to the the fan myspace page Oh, nice. And I was like, I was like, oh yes, this is such a product of the time, the environment at the time, the emo shit, dude. And the MySpace is tied into the emo. I know it's not necessarily like cause of the emo dude, shit. Dude, it's the whole aesthetic. Yeah, but the whole, the whole MySpace when MySpace thing, the happened, emo was big, and like you could put this music on your page, and it was always like My Bloody Valentine or something like. Yeah, and it was like yeah, and the heavy makeup and the 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 kind of fake blood everywhere, right? Like choosing all of the fonts, the fonts, the the yeah. fake blood splatter. Everything was dark. Yeah, it's always like a black background with like neon. But then also mixed with like this it. weird late '90s, early 2000s, like chunky highlights and stuff, and like you know, chunky you know. highlights, straightened hair side bang but i was just like ooh, shout out to the myspace fan page i was like god it was such a different era dude <laughs> like it was such a i was trying to explain the belt thing to bill and he was like what do you mean belt to the side like what do you mean uh, by that i was like yeah like buckle. the belt buckle could be anywhere but right. like in the front yeah because yeah. you know? we were talking about something happened we were watching something <laughs> And someone in the movie had their watch on, like, upside down. 
He was like, is that something you were conscious of? Like, was that ever a thing? I was like, oh, yeah, you didn't do that? <laughs> like, you didn't, you weren't like, oh, I wear my I wear my watch this way. Yeah, I remember this kid that we, when, when we used to hang out at the mall during that era, this is when kids still hung out at the mall for, like, something to do. Uh, I remember this kid I would always run into, and he was kind of, we were kind of part of the same scene, but, you know, it was, like, parallel. So, like, kind of like that, like, emo punk scene that was happening. Dude, this kid would wear, like, ties as belts, because that was part of it, right? If you just use, like, a piece of string or, like, a tie or, like, something that's not supposed to be a belt as a belt. It was, like, a fashion the statement. parents don't love him enough to buy a belt. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and like he was kind of part of it. And it, it came out of skating too. Like, I remember when we watched that Jackass movie. We don't even care. When I watched the newest Jackass movie, dude, I was that was the same type of nostalgia trip for me as like that early 2000s being like 13 and watching like Bam Margera's dick through the x ray after he broke his oh. tailbone or whatever. Like, cause he, and like, but just, dude, the outfits, the studded belts they were wearing, the music yes. they were playing, like just the ethos of that shit. Like, it was, like, literally, like, that was so much tied into this, like, this kind of performative darkness. And there were two types, right? Like, so you could go into the metal range, the new metal that was happening at the time, and then... No, there were so many more. Well, there are, but the two big ones. There was, like, there was metal. And the two big ones. There was, like, goth. And there was, like, emo, which was, like, not cool enough to be either of those And they things. were all tied in. Like, they all used different And then elements. there were, like, the punk kids and those kids. There, that was more of a merge. Yeah, it all started like to... Punk, well, punk. it all merged, but yeah. And skating. That's what I mean. Skating was such a huge part of Jackass and stuff. And, like, skating was a huge part of the kind of punk and then became kind of the emo into indie kind of scene. And there was some new metal thrown in there with skaters and stuff. Like, and then all that. Like, yeah. But yeah, the, and then this is all the MySpace era, dude. I just sort of, I was just thinking MySpace. I was like, God, it was so much different. <laughs> it was so different than it was. It was. <laughs> it's hard to even remember. Like, uh, and it's like it's only like ten, fifteen years ago too, and I can't. And I'm like, God, different times, different times. MySpace acknowledgement, MySpace fan page acknowledgement. Um, I do think that this series is missing a few things. I think it's missing um, more visible and descriptive action, though, again, we have acknowledged now that this is not the purpose of the series. Um, I think there needs to be some friendly homoeroticism. What do you mean? Vampire saliva, also. About friendly homoeroticism, I mean, the possibility has just come up, you know? Like, the werewolf boys should, like, be talking about each other's physiques. Like, oh, you're getting a little love handle there, buddy. Like, slapping his ass as I he mean, says there it, should... right? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, wait, you're towing those love handles, boy. Smack his butt, dude, as they walk past. Shut up. Yeah, girls love that. Yeah. Um, vampire saliva. Yeah curious do they have it vampire saliva and i mean you mean homoerotic so you mean like bro shit or do you mean like straight up like they could fuck like <laughs> um no not like straight up they could fuck you mean like bros yanking each other's dicks to like as a joke type thing <laughs> yeah that's how you want to put it just dudes being gay yeah, being gay just yeah it's being gay boy being gay boys yeah, gay boys i mean that's yeah although there were there were moments in the movie where i was like oh man this could be straight up like gay love scene 
I mean, yeah, dude. I mean, that's that's what I mean. So I was like, okay, yeah. So you want like the kind of normal bro homoeroticism that happens oh, between yeah. like, but also maybe like a little bit of a, a little bit of a, you know, <laughs> farm boy, like Jacob. Gay love story. Jacob's always shirtless, dude, and then. He gets in that sleeping bag with Bella and then him and Edward kiss. Like, I mean, they literally had, like, they had this one interaction that was like, why do I feel like you're just about to say, like, yeah, let's fuck. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's when they're in the tent. And you mean, like, and that, and then, like, I... I... He's like... If we weren't natural enemies, I'd, uh, I wrote, <laughs> I wrote, if we weren't natural enemies, I'd fuck you. Yeah. Well, if you weren't planning on sucking the life out of the girl, <sighs> I love, I might. <laughs> yeah, suck that life, bitch. I think I only changed the first line. I don't remember what the actual. Suck that life. What the actual. Yeah, suck that life. Suck that life out of it. <laughs> Yeah, dude. It was just, it was so, like, I don't buy either of them. I don't buy them as friends. Like, they have no, like, none of, the only two people in that grouping of three people that have any chemistry on screen are Kristen Stewart and Robert Pattinson. Right, because they were banging in their trailers in between takes, dude, yeah. And no one looks very good. Yeah. It was an interesting time. Yeah. And then um, there's just like no chemistry there between Bella and Jacob in the movie, which just feels unfortunate because I feel like that's supposed to right. be a good a good bit of tension. <laughs> Dude, and like uh, I was my, when my wife and I were watching, I was talking about it, and like she started saying, she's like, "What was that?" Like she started bringing up like when that like I forgot that like in 2011, like when they were releasing the second part of Breaking Dawn. There was like a huge scandal because it was like the breakup between uh, Kristen Stewart and Robert Pattinson, yeah. and they still had to like release this movie and do all the promo together and stuff. And it was a very ugly breakup because you found like the press and like the you know paparazzi style you know gossip rags we're talking about because I think it was like she cheated on him very publicly, like was like photographed like with other men and stuff like that. I think this was before she came out. Uh, as gay and then like you know it was just a huge scandal and like it was just funny as shit like she was like bringing up like the we googled it and then like started bringing up like the gossip rags at that time dude there was like a there was like a john the donald trump tweet from like 2011 or something like about <laughs> it like he was commenting on it like and then we started laughing like oh my god yeah i remember yeah. that and he it was just you know it's like very typical like sad <laughs> it was like it was like, oh, terrible, terrible. Yeah. Fucking. All right, dude, this movie. Uh, Riley becomes a much more important character in the movie than he does in the book. That's only because they show us what's happening. Right. Like, they choose to, which I think is a good choice. Right. The same thing that Melissa Rosenberg did in the first script when she was adapting this, kind of adding the villain in. She shows us Riley right away, and we kind of know... That gives us okay. This is guy. It's going to be part of it more than just showing up at the end for like two minutes, which is what the book has him do. Uh, so all right, I was like, all right, that's good, smart move. 
That would be really good work. And it was a smart move, right? And then we get cut to Bella reading the Robert Frost. Uh, dude, I don't know. In that meadow with like the wild flowers and they're yeah, like. I know. I know. <laughs> it's like where we, I think, is it supposed to be where we left off? Um. In the last movie? That was not clear to me. Because, like, don't they just immediately start talking about, like, marriage? Yeah. Well, because the last one... It ended with him being like, marry me. And they were in the field. Yeah, but I think they were in, like, different outfits. I don't know. I think it was a different field, too. It's technically supposed to be, like, the spring into summer because she's graduating. But, yeah. And that's when I put this note, dude. So we're literally in like the first two or three scenes of the movie. I was like, I had already forgotten half the book, but like Edward taking her car apart so she can't go to Jacob, like, and then like the airline oh, yeah. tickets to fly. Like I had forgotten all of that, and it was like happening. I was like, God, this is so fucking dumb. Like this is so fucking. And dumb. all of that plays such a small, small role. Yeah, and you could have cut out the Florida scene entirely for the movie. Like it didn't yeah. need to be there. It didn't even need to be in the novel, but it was there. Whatever. You want to have her talking to her mom about marriage? Okay. I can understand that. You do that with a phone call. You could do that with her mom coming to visit. Like anything that like why do we have to go to Florida and have Edward smile from indoors while while Bella and Renee are sitting in the sun in Florida like and they like cut back to Edward. He's like looking through the window, like because he's indoors, because he doesn't want to sparkle yeah. in the sun. Get the <laughs> fuck out of here! Yeah, because that's enough. <laughs> yeah, that's enough. Yeah. Just indoors in front of those giant. Yeah, yeah. And that's when I was like, "Wait, um, was this the first movie they showed Renee?" I don't think so. I, could... I think we see her in the first or second one. I don't remember. Yeah, I couldn't fucking remember, dude. And I was just like, "Is this this?" Like, I, I couldn't. It's definitely the most lines she'd had. Definitely. But I was—I just remember that scene. No, she comes to the hospital in the first okay. one. Okay, and I think there is, like, not that she has dialogue scenes, but there's, like, scenes of her and her husband or whatever. Like, yeah. in, in the first one, there's, like, cut shots to, like, them, like, moving or packing up and then, like, being yeah. in Florida. And they do, they show us the wolves chasing the Cullens and, and, and I mean, chasing Victoria with the Cullens which they don't show us in the novel. They just tell us about it later. I thought it was a good choice. Yeah, it is a good choice. Again, it's always, especially in movies, right? You have to show, not tell. Like, long expositions and dialogue, it can work. Which is also typically true of books. Typically but, true yeah. of books, but you can get away with it in books. Like you can in movies. Like, if that scene was just Edward explaining over dialogue, it had been boring as shit, right? Like, we don't need it. We just show it. Just show a few action sequences. Makes it heightens the tension a little bit for a viewer, all that kind of shit, you know? Oh, that. Yeah. Okay, I was like, all right, yeah, that's better. Better to show the tension. And they do that a few times. They do that with the lore, right, with uh, Rosalie. And then they mm-hmm. do that a little bit with the lore with Jasper. Although they cut that Jas- very short. Jasper's lore. Which is fine, yeah. And they cut out the Edward kidnapping. Yeah, it's fine with them cutting all of that. I think, honestly, I think Jasper's mattered more. Yeah, it did. Yeah, at least. But only minimal. Yeah, because they tried to make him like some military general that like knew how to fight better than oh. Yeah, and they cut out the Edward kidnapping entirely, which was a good move, but it. 
I don't know. Yeah, it just doesn't. It just never works because they don't. Because they don't like make anyone charming at any point. Right. Like that was. I don't know. Like Robert Pattinson can be charming. Like write it. Yeah. The best things about the movie were that the Volturi were emo children with emo haircuts, and I thought that was very funny. <laughs> I didn't even notice um, that. Yeah, dude, that's true. They were just emo kids. They had such total with, emo with hair. With Harry Potter like robes, dude. Yeah. With, like, Harry Potter fucking school robes. And they're just, like, yeah. I mean, it just felt like it just felt like kids LARPing Harry Potter. Yeah. It was funny. Because they're just, like, watching and pretending to make important decisions, but no one there is a really good actor. And everybody... Except for, like, Dakota Fanning. Yeah, and everybody just kind of... Yeah, and she wasn't even allowed to shine because she has, like, three lines in the whole movie. And, like, they also, like, are making these decisions, but also, like, don't care at all about anything. What was up with sideburns in this moment? Do you speak on it? (laughs) Because... Because... No, just Robert Pattinson's sideburns. I was like, oh, cut those. Like, why is he the only one that has these? Like, get rid of them. Is he just stuck with them for all of time? They're so long. They've never been attractive. Yeah, I don't know, man. Not once, not ever. But yeah, they don't, like, no one gets to be charming. Everyone just kind of stares at each other and makes, you know, uncomfortable... I'm in love with you face. Yeah. I don't. One thing that it clarified for me is like, I really didn't understand any of the logic about like the sense. Like when they're trying to distract the newborns and then like trying to also draw them to where the fight was going to like all of that shit. I was like, actually, I don't understand any of this. Jacob's carrying Bella through the woods because the wolf smell is masking her smell. So why is she here? (laughs) Yeah. And then later she's going to try to bring the smell to them by like smearing her blood around and shit. I was like, so why is she even there the first time? Like, am I misunderstanding this? Yeah, and I think that shows kind of the amateurness or, like, like yeah. Or just the fact that it doesn't actually matter. That too, right? No so like an Which is why I say amateur, because, like... Because I didn't care when I was reading it. I was just like, whatever, yeah. sure, yeah. And then I watched it, I was like, I don't understand what's happening. Yeah. <laughs> I just don't. Yeah. Yeah, man, that's... That's... Yeah. I don't, I don't get it. I did see there was a physique improvement for everybody. Uh, it still wasn't great. I think by the last movie is when they start getting like much better physiques for all the wolves. But Jacob was still good physique-wise. No, you didn't think so? He's so awkward. He's so awkward. awkward, dude. I just couldn't get... Like, I was just like, this is bad casting. Like, yeah. I can't get behind He's this. He's a bad actor. This kills it for him. Uh, but I just mean strictly... like since these wolves are supposed to be like these muscled shirtless guys all the time. Why you choose me instead of him, yeah, Bella? Yeah, yeah. Well, I just remember like, like Sam and like the, the second movie is like, he's got like a little bit of a gut. And then like in this one, he did not. So like, you're seeing the improvement in like the physiques that they're doing type stuff. Uh, and then like, 
I think in the last movie is when it really, they like put a lot into that. Cause I don't know what happened in the last book yet, but I'm assuming there's going to be a lot of battle and death. Probably not the way this book is going, but there's going to be battle at least. But yeah, at some point there's that point in the movie where uh, they show Riley in the bedroom of Bella, like, like sniffing shit. And then, and then Bella comes home from, from, from La Push and like the reservation. And then, uh, Edward comes to the door and is like, are you okay? And then like goes into the house and like sniffs around because he's like, something's wrong. <laughs> my wife turned to me at that point and she was just like, oh my God, like high school boyfriend banging on the door when you get home, be like, are you okay? She's like, that's toxic. <laughs> she's yeah, like, that's fucking dude. toxic. <laughs> like, she's They're like, so like my dad would not be okay with that. <laughs> like, she's like, my dad. Yeah. <laughs> like my high school boyfriend banging on the door when I got home at like 1030. Are you okay? I also really like it when they're fly fighting during the battle. Oh, yeah. They're, like, flying through the air and fighting each other. Yeah. And then they, the tribe legends, the way they showed that the same way, right? They showed us more than to have them, like, the story told, which is good. Which I thought was actually worse in the movie than in the book. Yeah, they didn't quite capture all the kind of emotion behind the third wife story. And, like, what it meant. But, you know... I actually thought they put a little too much of the cutbacks to Riley and the new vamp army. Like after a couple cutbacks to it, I was like, eh, you know, you already set this up. We don't need it anymore. Kind of thing. Yeah. But you know, whatever. Like I was like, yeah, almost too much Riley and the vampires. But when they tore down, like they kind of toned down Jacob's kiss, you know, assault, like forced kiss. Yeah. Uh, I see why they did it. Right, it makes it way less forced than like was described in the book, and maybe also just the general lack of like it wouldn't make sense. I mean, like yeah, they could have they could have really gone for it, right? And have Bella be like, no, but it would make him seem a lot worse in the movie than in the book. Right, I it wouldn't make him seem as sympathetic. Now, the engagement ring. <sighs> Yeah. Tell me what do you think of it. Uh, I thought it was ugly, but I mean, I'm not. I thought it was yeah. ugly as shit. I thought it was garbage. It's funny when I was like, yeah, when I was getting my wife's engagement ring. Um, I learned that my taste in jewelry is not particularly good, so I don't know what. I thought it was ugly oh, yeah? though. I mean, I thought that ring. That... Tell me about it. What's your taste in jewelry? No, I mean, mine. my taste is the same as, like, almost everything. I like aesthetically pleasing things. I like classic kind of timeless things. It's my same type of aesthetic and fashion and all that kind of thing. I like classic wardrobes, things that are not going to go out of style after five, ten years. Literally. Um, it's much easier to do in menswear than it is in women. You know, women's clothing, I, I admit, but yeah yeah so i was just more classic and i mean that's what it ended up being i mean dude like she picked it herself basically like yeah basically was like well these are what i like and i was like okay <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, this is what i actually want and I was like, all right i'll get one of those <laughs> okay yeah but uh yeah the ring that he gives her is ugly as shit but i guess it's supposed to be very old like turn of the century yeah, it doesn't have to be ugly as shit, right. though. Right, it could be much more timeless, like... Yeah, that didn't look, like, timeless to me. That just looked ugly. Yeah, I don't think Edith Wharton would be wearing it. No. Talk about somebody with impeccable taste, dude. 
Yeah, fuck that engagement ring. I mean, like, if I had to wear it, it would grow on me, but, like, I think it's ugly. Yeah, and really any square-cut, like, gemstones, I think are hideous. I don't like square cut. Is that what it was? I just well, saw it wasn't like square a cut. It was like a chunky. Yeah, it almost looked like, like the shell of a piece of metal with a bunch of diamonds, small yeah. diamonds. It looked in like it. a cockroach, but like silver with diamonds. Yeah. yeah, like and it wasn't. Yeah, yeah, and it was like diamonds, and it looked almost like sapphires too, or something. It did look very like 1920s kind of, or like 1910s maybe, but which I guess is what they were going so for. For a ring you wear all the time. Yeah, and huge takes up like most of the finger. Huge. Like, yeah, could you even bend your knuckle wearing that ring? Like where you put the where you put the wedding band on that? Right. Anyway, that's the end of my rant. It was ugly as shit. Yeah. The introducing they introduced the voluntary like very early, <coughs> and they have the voluntary like knowing about the vampire army earlier. Voluntary, the Volturi. Volturi, whatever, dude. It's not real. It's stupid. I know. Uh, and they have them like knowing about this, and it doesn't really change anything for the plot. So like, I was just like, ah, we don't really need this, but whatever. And then the Muse song hits at the grad party, dude. Yeah, it wasn't even one of their bigger hits. It was like a more like no. it was a it was a deep cut, dude. Deep cut Muse. Then we get the too dangerous to fuck. But you. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, that's terrible. I'll kill myself unless you kiss me. Performative self harm by Jacob. Uh, victorious, and then <laughs> I was like, yeah. They made that much softer, though, didn't they? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or did, or did they not? I don't remember. They made it softer, so it actually adds to not just Jacob's character, but it makes Bella's character more conflicted too, because it's not like a threat of him basically killing himself that's making her kiss him, but like it make it seem like she actually does have a little bit of a desire to kiss him too, kind of thing. By softening Jacob's kind of performative self-harm threat, right? Yeah. What did I have here? Okay, yeah, then the bracelet on Victoria, the Hot Topic bracelet, dude. And then Jacob's face when he gets hurt. I just started laughing out loud. <laughs> like, I just started laughing out loud when he gets squeezed by that vampire and then morphs back into a human. And he's like, ah! And, like, his face is, like, all, like, scrunched up. And I just started laughing hard as shit. Yeah, they shouldn't have had that happen. They should have had him, like, limp into the woods. And that fucking rugby match, dude. Like, that, like, Jasper. Where they're being smashed like porcelain. Yeah, and then Jasper and, like, and Emmett are just, like, blowing shoulders. Blowing vampires yeah. are being smashed like porcelain. They're just running at each other. And it was better than the book's non-existent battle scene where they don't show you that at all. Well, at, at least all. they had, they did have the battle scene between Edward and... Like, that was the only thing that saved it, was that yeah. they had the whole battle between Edward and Victoria. Which is also still more than we've gotten in the past. Yeah. Like, there was no battle to be had in the second book. Yeah. And, you know, it's just like, it's just, it kept thinking of the baseball scene when that scene was playing, dude, yeah. when they were doing like rugby style of clotheslines and shoulders, just like blowing people over as if they're like running with the rugby ball or football or something. I'm just like, what is this? Like, is this supposed to be some battle between these monsters that are superhuman? Oh, it's just a rugby match. Like, 
and they had like the sound effects dude they like blow somebody over with their shoulder and like as they run across the field yeah it's all very easy but when edward has to take down this these two vampires or this one vampire i guess because there's a wolf there it's like yeah none of it's a very big deal i don't know the whole third wife thing where we get that bit of lore from from jacob's tribe about like the third wife risking her life to save one of the wolves well, from a vampire herself, yeah. yeah so that they can like survive the whole right the community can survive with her yeah. sacrifice yeah um that wasn't really clear in the book like in the book like bella just grabs a piece of glass and she kind of squeezes it right uh she grabs a stone off the ground yeah. and then like cuts her arm with it like an emo kid and then the blood oh. drips into the white snow and the vampires smell it and get distracted for a split second so Edward doesn't get his head ripped off and then he can over get out yeah. of it um yeah and then Edward like chastises her for doing it it's like dude you were gonna get your head ripped off but yeah all right sure yeah I guess her like getting a little cut on her wrist is just you know not a, just too much risk for you to endure, huh? Yeah, dude, that one's not gonna kill yeah, her. Exactly. Um, my final couple questions, as we get to, the, I don't know, did we cover what you wanted to hit or? Yeah, I had less for this one just because like there's a burnout. The first factor. half of yeah. it, yeah. And if it were better, I wouldn't be in like kind of a burnout factor type thing. Like, dude, I remember... Yeah, it's just... Yeah. It's just, like, when there's no... Yeah, like, if the characters felt more honest or, like, had more depth... Not more honest, but, like, yeah. If they had more internal life. If they were more complex. Yeah, and this one, um, in the movie, like... Did you think there was anything that we couldn't understand if we hadn't read the book? It was harder for me to see because I couldn't, I didn't watch it with Bill this time. But like that thing where they were like carrying her around the woods, I thought was really confusing. Like I said, that also kind of didn't make sense in the book. I mean, I had a hard time with the movie just because like these characters suck for the whole first half of the book. No chemistry there with Jacob. He is in no way, like, in no way am I buying him as, like, this bad boy with a motorcycle. Tight black t-shirt. Looking like a greaser from the 50s or something, like, that old Yeah, I was just like, it's just, I mean, I felt like I noticed exposition a lot more, like, but I can't think of anything. Yeah, I thought this was well done. Better than the second movie where there were a few parts where I was like, uh, if we I hadn't read the book, I wouldn't know anything what's happening right now. I think this one there weren't as there weren't as many as that. This worked as well as the first one did. So uh I didn't really see any issues with that. I was just like, did I miss something or not? If you noticed. Yeah, I thought it was pretty good. Same screenwriter, like I said, Melissa Rosenberg. So it looks like she wrote all four of these. I haven't looked up the last one yet because I've just been doing one at a time, but I would guess that she probably wrote the scripts for both of the last movies. But all right, final question here as we burn out. Uh, book or movie better? Book. Yeah. Book is better than the movie here. 
the movie was too like the book is goofy but at least you have time to like get into it the movie was way too goofy yeah it's very goofy and and the only things that give the book any like substance like the reason why you read the book is for like the whole love affair not for the action yeah and there's just always a point where like this stuff gets a little lame when you see it on screen and when we get this whole story is lame on screen yeah and when we get to harry potter stuff eventually it's like that was the big disappointment because there's like a certain point and it's right after the fourth movie where the movies just start to suck and like (coughs) not just suck the battle scenes are lame as shit like it's it's uh, like visually it just it doesn't work and i just it it drives me crazy that this it, and i wonder if it started around this time like as like a trend in what they were doing for book adaptations in the movies but they try to do it too literally and when you do it too literally from a novel like you start to just look stupid and goofy like you you have to change it up cuz visually it's funny, dude, speaking of Robert Pattinson, I saw this thing where he did like an interview, it was probably years ago, when he played Cedric Diggory in the fourth Harry Potter, Goblet of Fire. Uh, and he said in his, like, he only has a couple scenes in that, right? Uh, yeah. Uh, and I think it was before he was cast as Edward and all that, so he wasn't like a huge name yeah, yet. Yeah, had to So be. Uh, he was just starting out and like, he said in the one scene where he's in the graveyard with Voldemort after the port key, right? He said he held his wand with both hands as if it were a gun. And they asked him why he did that. He said, yeah, because it looks stupid as shit to like wave a wand around. <laughs> like, he's like, well, you want me to wave this little wand around like this or something? Like, I was like, yeah, exactly. Like, it doesn't look that cool on screen. It looks kind of goofy when you have these guys in robes waving a wand like <laughs> over yeah. their head and shit. Like, it looks goofy. Like, doesn't look like they're in danger like looks goofy as shit but yeah yeah i just i think they could have made the characters feel a little more real yeah dude there's mute that muse song didn't do enough to breathe life into it no fuck fucking twilight dude eclipse yeah i'm done with that yeah i'm done with this book yeah i'm done with that but we're not really done with it yet, because next week, listeners, <laughs> we're doing Breaking Dawn, the final, and that's going to take longer, and there's two movies. It's like two, two-hour movies. There's two? They break it there's into two, two parts. Movies. They break it into two parts. Yeah. Good God. Okay. So we have part Breaking Dawn Part 1 and Breaking Dawn Part 2 for the movie. I think they're both two hours, so it's like four hours oh, of movie, no. and then like going to take us a week to get through this big bulk 800 page i'm gonna we have to figure out where the first movie stops because i'm gonna have to break up the book um because i'll like i'll i think what i'll do is i'll I'll read the first half and then watch the first movie but i want to know where it for me i mean you know i can watch three four or five movies in a sitting so that's fine with me i'm just gonna read it and then watch both and then hopefully be be done before we record (laughs) next just so much Robert Pattinson stank face. Yeah. I hope he doesn't have sideburns in this next one. Uh, he probably will. I think because they filmed the last two, obviously they did it at the same time. So they filmed the last two probably in 2010 or something. 
and then released them in I think in like 2011 and 2012. Same type of thing they did with the Harry Potter stuff. They were just trying to. They were yeah. just making so much fucking money. They're like, well, why not make double what we normally do? Like, put two movies out, film at the same time. Yeah, might as well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the seventh Harry Potter, it's just like. Yeah, it's so bad. I mean, well, half the book is like. An extended camping trip. Yeah, it's so bad, dude. That scene where Harry and Hermione are dancing <laughs> uh, in the tent, and then yeah. Ron busts in. Uh, yeah, it's good. We're just friends. We're just friends, Ron. We're just friends. Happy Christmas, Ron. Oh damn. What? My audio stopped recording like a while ago. On uh, Audacity? Yeah. Yeah, dude, that's always the case, man. This. Motherfucker. I've dude. heard people complain about Audacity, like in the podcast stuff, because of shit like that all the time. Like. Oh. How, when did it stop? Did it say how long? Hour 11. Okay. So, got half of it. Yeah, just keep it consistent. Though. Yeah, I mean, you could send me the file. We'll see how it yeah. sounds, at least for a test. Because I still have all the file. I still have you on this side. So yeah. we have the backups. It's not that we lost it. It's just maybe it'd be a little less quality. But all right, are we done with this? I think we're done, right? Are you done? Oh, my God. We I'm hit so everything. All right. Have we even said anything new? Mm, no, but I mean, this is like a running series with the same characters and the same storylines, so... It's just, you know, I don't care. Oh, I do have one question. If if Bella turns into a vampire, can the story still work? Um, Does the story continue? No, 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 no. The story's over at that point. Yeah, it's kind of how I feel, too. Because if she's a vampire, well, then she's no longer in danger, and Jacob is no longer interested, so the story's over. Like, I'm glad we're on the same yeah. page. I guess that means that something's going to happen like that. And Bella getting turned as a vampire. <clears throat> we do, we, we keep forgetting to mention this, but we, we listeners, we are looking for workshop horror stories email us your workshop horror story at heavyboardpodcast at gmail.com we want to start getting into that so we can do a segment where we do that and go into some of these workshop horror stories and hopefully have a good laugh and make everybody feel better about it how miserable it is uh, so send those in send your workshop horror stories to heavyboardpodcast at gmail.com subscribe to our patreon patreon.com slash heavyboard You'll receive full uncensored episodes for subscribers only. You get some of our locked episodes. Check out our YouTube channels for more. Uh, all the stuff we've covered, including the books and stuff, will be linked in the description. And then, of course, next episode we are doing Breaking Dawn. Stephanie Meyer. The final part of the saga. And that's it. That's all it is. One more. One more. Like a I enjoy this, but I'm getting so burnt out. Yeah, I've been feeling that, man. I mean, it is. It is burnt out. It's burnout. I'm not growing up. I'm just burning out. 
Green Day, dude. Said it, said it over 30 years ago there, yeah. First track of Dookie right there. Yep. I declare I don't care no more. <laughs> That's the best, dude. That snare hit. And then it's like, I declare I don't care no more. All right, that's it. This has been Heavy Board. We'll see you guys next time. God bless. <laughs> God bless. Heavy. Board. Heavy. I am heavy, heavy, heavy. Board. Sweats and the day sweats, pal. Pal, I do.